car? On the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. My name is Dirty Mike. And I'm the Big Ugly. And Big Ugly, you have uh, found a new way to give me the finger, uh, as it were. Basically, you point to me when we start recording, but when you hit this Zoom thing and it says recording in progress, uh, I know to... We, we know to cut off whatever we're talking about because we just talk off camera all the time. We talk yeah. off. But um, anyway, thank you for giving me the uh, finger, as it were. And Big Ugly, this is episode 103. 103. So wow. we're on our way to 104. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, we could keep saying we're on our way to 200, but we're not close enough to say that. No. So we'll just, uh, <laughs> we'll just be on our road. Yeah. We're on the road, a long road. Because... If it takes another six years to get there, that's okay, but <laughs> you never know. Hey, joining us uh, right off the bat, right out of the gate, um, is uh, the one and only king of non-social media, hashtag no hashtag CM Funk. Welcome back, as always, to the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. And as always, thank you guys for having me. You know, I talk about it going on the road to 104. It's it's not about how long it takes. It's about the journey getting there, you know, so... Uh, uh, even though it's a really long journey, you know, by the way. It's all about quality, not necessarily quantity. Yeah. Quality is Right. So, you know, and, and speaking of quality, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you've seen it, Big Ugly, but the numbers are, are blowing up even for episodes uh, 1 through 99, and then 100 is still going. And, um, you know, we've had some some good stuff since then, Royal Rumble, and um, it's it's been great. So, I think uh, this is going to be, of course, the, the Yo Rocky episode. We had, uh, you know, Sly Scarpone and and Mike Kunda, the Yo Philly Rocky tour. This is just that was a great, yeah. it's a great start. Yeah, uh, you've seen the numbers because we got all over the world. They're yes. listening. All all over the world. Listen, we're number one wrestling podcast in our hearts. So many people <laughs> listening to this podcast. Though you know, they want to hear our voice. They want to hear our take on wrestling. They want to hear our independent wrestlers come on. We're hot. and they want to hear our tangents. Yes. And I've got one right off the bat because we're going to have some other, <laughs> you know, we've got some other people that are going to be joining us and we'll introduce them. Um, and we're going to be talking about a lot of things. Elimination Chamber's coming up. WrestleMania's coming up. Royal Rumble just happened. But I got a tangent right off the bat. Is it, is it a tangent if it's the actual first subject that you're talking about? I'm, I'm just curious. It has absolutely a... nothing to do with professional wrestling. Oh, okay. Then okay. I got, gotcha. All right. It, it could be dirty and it's definitely ugly, but... I got two words for you, and it's not the two words you think. Ah. Squid Game. You, you watched it? So I'm watching it. Yeah. Um, first of all, I, it's uh, Big Ugly, have you seen it? Yes. Okay. Uh, CM Funk, have you seen it? No, I have not yet. It's on my list of uh, binging, but okay, it's okay. So no talk. spoilers. No, talk, talk, talk. Feel oh, free. We're not, we're not done because there's no sport. Because I mean, this is, it's been on Netflix for a while. It's been on my list of things to watch. But every time it comes up, something else comes up that I just have to watch first, like Ozark or Krakai or um, Bel Air. Yeah, that's another whole subject in itself, which we're, we're going to talk about that. But okay, so Squid Game, I didn't really understand the premise, but I like in the first episode, they have a, like a flashback to little kids playing games. And it's called the Squid Game, and it's basically a very simple kids playground type game, and that's what this whole thing is wrapped around. This this entire premise of the show, but it's wrapped around money, it's wrapped around killing a lot of people um, in very gruesome ways. 
So I'm in the middle of it right now. And uh, it, it's, it's quite interesting. Big Ugly, did you see the whole thing all the way through? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. What, what did you think about the show? Oh, I thought it was fantastic. Okay. Uh, I, yeah, I enjoyed the show. I would encourage anybody watching. You said, what episode are you on? I'm on, uh, let's see. They just played the tug of war game. Okay, yeah, that was like one of my favorite episodes. Actually, I thought that that was like one of the better. better yeah, episodes. and it pissed me off because right at the end of the tug of war, like they're in the middle of the whole thing, and the guy gives them a suggestion, and all of a sudden it goes dark. And I know the next episode's coming right up, and I'm like, God damn it! I yeah. was sorry, yeah, I yeah. was. But uh, yeah, that's I'm right there, and uh, so you and, thought that was a good episode. Yeah, so and I feel like the show, like the story. Yeah, the show just continues to get better, and good. I mean. You know, some of the emotional hits start to come when you get, you know, closer to the end of the, the season. So, okay. you know, yeah, it's a great it's a great show. That's cool. And are they going to do another season? Uh, yeah, they have said that it's supposed to be a second season coming. I, I just – me thinking out loud in the middle of this, I'm like, well, when they get to the end I, – I mean, I guess when you go back, I actually just saw the, the scene where they went into – he the, the guy um, actually snuck into the back and saw – all of the binders of all of the, the past players and he found the box of the winners and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, okay, well, obviously this has been going on for like 20 years. So they, they can do it again. Yeah. <laughs> They're getting away with it. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, one of the most powerful episodes is episode two where they make the choice to be there, even though they, you know, they were allowed to, to go at that point, you know. Right, so. they, they got let go. And then most of them made the choice to come back. And they did say, um, you know, keep an eye on the f players that didn't decide to come back because it was like 13 people or something like that. Now, CM Funk, uh, we're, we're given a lot of information here. What have you heard about, other than what we're talking about, what have you heard about this show? And, and you, it is on your list to watch, correct? It, it is. Um, I was under the impression it was a cooking show. Um, about, but um, but uh, no, it's good to hear all that. Uh, no, I, I, I did. I mean, There's a little cooking going on in the middle, but that's all right, Okay. All right. No, my impressions were, yeah, I mean, you know, I heard the buzz. I caught the buzz, you know, a year ago when it was kind of like the big thing, thanks to uh, all the binging going on during pandemic era and everything. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited at some point to finally have an opportunity to sit and watch it. But, you know, much, much like a lot of us, you know, there's a hundred million things on, you know, streaming and TV and all, and it's hard to keep up on all of it these days. So. Right. And, you know, there's things like people have jobs and responsibilities and yeah. whatever. Overrated. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so that's a tangent right off the bat episode 103 uh you know we appreciate the dirty ugly podcast listeners uh soundcloud itunes stitcher tune in radio and everywhere else you can find us which is like 20 different places um on this episode we're gonna have black magic big ugly black magic the ewa current tag team champions uh mason walls tony macko both of them have been on our podcast several times tony even made a drop into 100 which was great um, and as a matter of fact, that's going to be our, uh, main event segment of this podcast. So, you know, make sure you listen all the way to the end because, um, they're the main event. They should be in the main event. They are the main event. And that's what it is. How did you enjoy that conversation? Big ugly? Fantastic conversation, uh, hearing about these guys journeys, uh, you know, uh, Mason Wallace haven't been in a tag team before hearing about Tony Macko and them coming together, hearing about, you know, their experiences as being, you know, top black wrestlers you know, in the sport right now. So it's, it was fantastic interview. Yeah. And uh, CM Punk, we got a little colorful, if you want to call it that <laughs> on this interview. And we it got wasn't a just the black people. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> it, 
it's black magic. It's uh, yeah, we we started. I mean, this is it got dirty and ugly, but it got deep. So uh, the D could stand for deep, deep ugly wrestling podcast. Yeah, no, that I I, I like those guys, man. Um, you know, saw them at uh, Rage in the Cage recently and stuff, and uh, you know, put on a fantastic match. Good, good gimmicks and all. You know, they play into it really well, and crowd crowd eats them up. So it's a good time. They sure do. And uh, on March 5th in Bel Air at the Armory, it's a Saturday night, the EWA Sweet 16, uh, their yearly annual kind of deal, um, right in the Bel Air Armory. So that's going to be good for them. And we're going to talk all about that all the way through the podcast. And we'll have some other special guests joining us on this podcast. So I want to hey, throw hey, it out to you guys. Go ahead. CM Punk. Tangent real quick. You, you, tangent. You, mentioned, you mentioned the EWA show. Did hey. I see somewhere that the and I'm sorry to you know bring up MCW, but did I see that they're going to be at Tall Cedars in Parkville? Yes. Like, so um, you know it is what it is. I mean EWA found a, a great partnership and a great new home in Bel Air, and uh, you know hopefully that goes you know without saying for a long time. But uh, that's a nice building. Um, it's got a nice big back room for a locker room, and um, it's accessible by a lot of different ways. And you know, they, they have definitely raised their prices because of the pandemic happening and all this kind of stuff. So uh, MCW is looking for a lot of different places to do shows, and, and they picked that one. So they're definitely going to be that. I think uh, Hit Row, formerly yeah, the from, art, uh, yeah, WWE. The artist, the artist formerly known as uh, Hit Row. All four yeah. of them are going to be there. So They're going to be there. So yeah. uh, it'll be an interesting because that building in that area has definitely, it's, uh, you know, wrestling following, um, has for a long time. But you know, uh, EWA following Where? came to Bel Air, and it's a new segment of the population for us. So, you know, it's independent wrestling. Like we said, we support independent wrestling. I, I you know, support MCW. They're doing good things and getting out there. So, uh, you know, everybody's support. You know, everybody's starting to, you know, there's talent going everywhere. So that that's awesome, man. Where was I mean, uh, before? What's that? Where was MCW's base before? Where Their base they... was in Joppa Town, okay. uh, at the Joppa Town flea market. And I think at the end of last year, um, that kind of broke off. So uh, MCW is going to a lot of different places. They're going to Galena, Maryland, Hollywood, Maryland. Um, they're uh, doing the um, flagship cinemas down in Dundalk, you know, where the movies are, because there's a lot of uh, empty spaces, a lot of big spaces back there to do. Um, a lot of a lot of parking you know so yeah i mean it, it's crazy uh the new new year's bringing a lot of new stuff for independent wrestling so cm funk you did see that right okay all right um yeah interesting so, yeah it's in the area <laughs> so um good stuff yeah i i will um say before we get some other folks on here uh it has been uh you know we, we got together at the royal rumble we got together with some other folks uh the illustrious Kristen was here but also uh jason justin tucker uh siler mason still ewa maryland champion he's going to be defending that on march 5th and bel-air as a matter of fact sweet 16 but uh you know the rumbles kind of left us a little uh, yeah i mean we were texting and talking you know after the rumbles were over i want to get you know kind of big ugly i'll start with you you know what was your feeling after we left for the rumble i mean it was uh it was a saturday night so we didn't have to work the next day but how did the rumble leave you feeling uh let me just tell you it's been downhill from there oh my god <laughs> well <laughs> so that's 30. yeah so i you know i think that absolutely what you said i think the rumble was pretty underwhelming i don't think it's a secret if you know it's been in a lot of reports and stuff you know a lot of people have yeah. felt the same way even to a point that shane mcmahon is no longer with the company but, <laughs> but um but yeah, I just feel like I, I feel like the Rumble being probably the second, you know, favorite show or best show of the year, 
you know, and one of the shows that people rely on for like, you know, surprises and just like, you know, overall entertainment, like it was, it was a letdown. The predictability with Brock Lesnar coming in, you know, it just was, come on, man. Like, we got to get more creative than that. Yeah, same thing with Ronda Rousey. I mean, as soon as she yep. entered the Rumble, 99.9%, you know she's going to win. Same thing with Brock Lesnar. Um, you know, it's it, – there wasn't a lot of surprises. I mean, I think the first match, which was – what was that? Roman versus uh, Seth, right? Yep. And that was the best match of the night. <laughs> um, and they had a long way to go from there. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, they packed – I mean, did they leave 40,000 people in that uh, live event and, you know, all people over the world? I mean, obviously, we're still going to watch things like the Chamber and WrestleMania. But, I mean, did it leave people not wanting to go to live events even after this pandemic where you couldn't for a year and a half? Because, like, hey, we're just going to get the same old shit. I think so. Listen, I mean, I – I feel like, I don't know if you guys have heard, but the rumor has it that they're trying to get Stone Cold Steve Austin back for WrestleMania. Yeah. For, for an actual, like, either a match or some kind of physicality, right? Yeah. And I'm like, if WWE is trying to get Stone Cold Steve Austin to wrestle, who has not wrestled a match since, like, 2003 to come back, them ticket sales are in trouble. Like, you know, <laughs> like, they're, they're in trouble. I yeah, mean, for, Austin is Austin in Texas. Go ahead, CM Paul. Uh, I would say, yeah, for a company that is um, kind of hell-bent right now on creating their own superstars, boy, they're still really relying on old superstars. And not that there's anything wrong with that. You know, we, we all love to pop for, for, you know, for whoever the old-timer is or for whoever the legend is that comes back. But at the same time, you're, you're not – got to build for your future, and it's like – Bringing Stone Cold Steve Austin back 20 years after he last wrestled, eh, I don't know. You know, you know if that's the right thing to do. But yeah, and I mean, I know Kevin Owens has the stunner, and and Kevin Owens is heel one week, face the next. He's like one week, booed the next. And I mean, just having him blatantly attack Texas, um, I, I don't know. It's you know, what, how much could actually Stone Cold do, and how how legitimate could that be? I mean, he already made a surprise return. To you know, he hadn't been involved in two years at the, at the point where he showed up in the same building, AT and T in Dallas, Texas, um, and that was a huge pop because Shawn Michaels came out first to a big pop, and then Mick Foley kind of took the medium pop, um, and then as soon as Austin came out, man, that place blew up. I mean, and that was just for a surprise appearance where he came in, did a couple of stomps in the corner, stunner. That's all you need. Yeah. I mean, but. What what story could they actually build between the two of these guys? It's not even a surprise anymore. And it's like, man, Austin, if you listen to his podcast at all, he's like, yeah, I'm completely satisfied. I'm content. I don't want to wrestle anymore. I'll, you know, I'll come in. I'll do this. I'll do that. But I, you know, I'm trying to have a match or a storyline or a program or something. Like, seriously, man. You said it. Your ticket sales are in trouble. Yeah. They're trying to fill that place two nights in a row. They're going – I don't know what they're going to try to do. Listen, to your point, right, when you're performing at the one of – you know, I guess arguably the biggest stadium that we have in the country, at and and you're trying to fill that thing up, and you have a – like, you just can't afford to have a lackluster Royal Rumble. You know what I'm saying? The Royal Rumble sets the pace to WrestleMania. Yeah. And when you're – I mean, it's just like – that's just a failure, unfortunately, for WWE, you know. Yeah, theoretically, you're trying to get all those people who traveled to St. Louis, Missouri to travel to Dallas in April to, you know, and that fills up yeah. half of your seats each night. But 
I don't know, man. It's and I don't feel like it's recovered since. Like you know, I've been watching Raw, watching SmackDown, and I, I still feel it. I would say out of the last five years, this has probably been one of the most underwhelming road to WrestleManias that I've seen. Mm. CM Funk, what do you say about that? Yeah, I, I completely agree, man. I mean, when when Brock Lesnar is like you know the most fun thing to actually watch every week or in both programs, it, it, you're in trouble. And that's no diss to Brock Lesnar because he's doing the best work of his career probably yes, right is. now. But, but there's nothing else. That, I mean, Alexa Bliss coming back has been, well, whatever. Becky's been Becky. You know, and just nothing is like jumping out on the, out of the page right now, you know. So, um, and I, I don't even think the Austin thing, I don't think, like you said, people already know about it. So the surprise is gone. So, What's it going to do when he – I mean, yeah, he's going to get a pop, but it's not going to be anything after that. Right. So. And if it's a kick to the gut and a stunner and it's a, a face-off in the middle of the ring, it's the same – and a, and a beer bash or whatever, that's what we've seen. You know, that's, that's what it is. But obviously they can do other things. Do you, do you guys feel like that this is all a kind of result? It's like all of those WWE cuts are finally coming back to haunt them. Do you feel like that is contributing or you just think it's creative? Uh, it's a little bit of both. Um, you know, when you take away and, and CM Punk said it earlier, you know, they're trying to build the future of their own company within the company and you cut the future out the legs from under you. It's, it's crazy. Um, but as far as, you know, is it, is it helping? Is it hurting now? Now it's definitely hurting because you can't go back to that new roster and you can't really pull people up because NXT 2.0 is trying to do their own thing, which is completely I mean, they're, they're actually sending talent from the main roster down, I don't want to say down, but they're sending them to NXT, you know, AJ Styles, Dolph Ziggler. I mean, it's, well, I don't understand. You're trying to take your main talent and send them that way. And then you're trying to build for WrestleMania in the same way, but you're, again, you're putting WrestleMania on the back of a couple of specific people, which it looks like they're doing. They're putting on the back of Charlotte and Ronda Rousey. They're putting on the back of Roman and Brock. Um, they're putting it on the back of apparently now maybe Stone Cold. And after we saw the Super Bowl, I, I really like the wrestling promo that The Rock cut in the beginning of the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, and, and it would be great to have him. But, you know, what, what, it, what is actually – what is he going to do? You know, is he going to be in an actual program? You know, who, who do, do we really want to see another program with The Rock? No offense to The Rock. He's awesome. But he needs to come in and do – short special things like the undertaker he's not going to wrestle but he's going to be a part of it somehow it's that that new roster i would have loved to have seen part of each night where it's like oh we're bringing this guy up we're bringing this guy up we're gonna give this guy a shot we're gonna you know and build a whole storyline around these new people the ones that choose to be vaccinated because that's a lot of the list of people that got cut last year actually um but still it's it's crazy to think that they're going to do the same thing and put up because what happens what happens if somebody gets injured or gets COVID or whatever they put the backs on all these people then they have to you know shuffle at the end and it's going to be different anyway so why not take a chance and try something new yeah I was just gonna I was just gonna chime in on that and just say that I think it's all creative you know what I, I think they were smart to get rid of a lot of people maybe they didn't get rid of the right people or let go of the right people but I feel like they were so watered down with the amount of talent they had that you weren't getting everybody 
their TV time or you weren't getting, um, you had too many people to try to be creative for. Well, now they don't have that issue and they still are having problems being creative with the storylines. I mean, you know, bringing, like for instance, with Brock coming in at, at the Rumble, it would have been better had he, there been another number 30 entrant and Brock came out and just beat the guy down or whoever it was and taken the spot instead of being right. given the spot. It was like, so there was an extra spot open this whole time, even though he was going to be wrestling earlier in the night, you know, like uh, just weird. Like, you know, how the, the common sense part of it is thrown out the window. And I think that's where they're hurting with their creative. And I think that's the big, big drawback right now. Yeah, they're, they're, they're really telling the, the talent and or they're telling the, the crowd, the audience, they're, they're really not giving them a lot of credit. Like, right. I mean, I don't know if it's just the kids or I don't know. Well, we're going to get back to that in a minute. But for right now, I'd like to uh, introduce another special guest to this podcast. Um, known this gentleman for quite a long time. We worked together um, as far as in the financial world. And uh, today is actually his birthday. And he was nice enough to uh, join us after doing some family stuff and birthday stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, the one and one and only Doug E. Doug. And that's not the Doug E. Doug that we know from the 80s. This is Doug E. Doug. And Doug, welcome for the first time to the, there he is, the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Doug, hey welcome. guys, how are you doing? Man, that, that beard just uh, kept on growing, I think, from the last time yeah. I saw you. Got the, that's, uh, yeah, I got to keep him in the financial world, but uh, now, uh, now that we're working from home, uh, don't have to worry about that as much. Yeah, the, the you know, taking care of yourself as far as uh, doing the, the, the grooming and all that daily and worrying about that, uh, working from home is a wonderful thing. Doug, uh, ha happy birthday, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. What are you, 22 now? 32. I was close. <laughs> I was only a decade off, but um, right. yeah, man. So we got uh, we got a couple segments going here. This is uh, you know, if we get the time limit going at the top of this segment, we'll just uh, jump into segment two. But uh, we've been talking about the Royal Rumble, and it was a little bit lackluster. And we've been talking about WWE kind of cutting the legs out from under itself, letting go of all this talent. Um, what are you uh, watching these days, and what are you thinking about the, the product that's being presented in professional wrestling? Um, right now, um, I mean, I've been keeping up with uh, just the spoilers when it comes to WWE. For the most part, I just been I've been mainly watching AEW for the most part. Like, if there was one product I was like into was AEW that I'm excited for every week. But like I said, I'm I'm pretty much like in tune with uh, the spoilers or what's going on thing. But, um, yeah, I mean, I saw the spoilers for Royal Rumble, and I was kind of uh, disappointed. Not that many surprises for the Royal Rumble, which they have every year. Uh, uh, just, like, even the starting two people kind of sucked. I think it was AJ and Shinsuke, right, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah. And they, I don't even think they got, like, what they should have gotten for, like, uh, if they were going to open up and had to, like, at least work a, a few minutes before – another few guys get into the ring to actually mix it up and everything. And then the, the fact that it was like how they presented with the, just like he was uh, Chad, I guess is uh, the other guy. Um, is that is it? Chad, I guess is the other guy in your podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Funk. Yeah. Right here. That, yeah. That's like he was saying like, uh, it, like Brock had that match early on and then all of a sudden boom, it's like Brock's getting rest and it's just almost made it certainly at that point with the screw job that you knew he was going to win the Royal Rumble. So just kind of like, to, uh, just took all the air out of the Royal Rumble match because you knew you kind of already knew the ending. I mean, the the kids like as a fan as like a kid or something like that you're probably so excited for it. But like as a like a uh, um, wrestling fan like ourselves, that was a little bit more deeper in tune to what's going on. Uh, we weren't that so much impressed with it. 
That's uh, it. Sounds like we're all on the same page yeah. there. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you, you mentioned AEW, so we'll do a little bit of a transition. Let's talk about that because uh, just recently, very recently, uh, there's been some news that a couple of people have left AEW, and the first news is uh, how they could be heading over to the WWE. And if they did, um, I think it could be. I don't think it's going to sell out AT&T Stadium, but it, it would definitely help. Uh, Cody Rhodes and, and Brandy Rhodes. So Cody, I who actually, actually been waiting to talk about this. Go I ahead. know. Uh, uh, Cody, who helped start AEW, for God's sake, from from the ground up, him and the Bucks mm-hmm. and Kenny, and, and uh, it's unbelievable where this is. Uh, it'd be a big ugly. Let's start with you because this is uh, – Cody came back from a long time ago, WWE, and went to AEW, came back. What do you got? Yeah. So, all right. So, just as you said, I mean, Cody Rhodes – Considered probably like, you know, a founder of AEW, essentially, right? Yeah. Now, I don't know the exact reason he's leaving, right? But I personally believe the ego might have something to do with it. I think that, you know, when AEW first started, there was a lot less talent on the roster, specifically yeah. a lot less WWE talent. And back during that time, Cody was pretty much a top star along with Jericho. Not to say he lost his spot as a top star, but I feel like a lot of the attention has moved away from him since there have been so many other WWE guys added to the roster, right? All right. And the fans have essentially turned on Cody as well, right? So I can see that he's, you know, he wants to make the jump, and I'm pretty sure he wants to come back to WWE. And I'm sure that he thinks that his growth, you know, over these past couple of years and his stake within w, uh, AEW will make him and will put him higher on the card when he Makes comes him to more WWE. valuable in WWE. Makes him more valuable. And I think he is absolutely wrong. Okay, so I think that Cody, Cody Rhodes. I know where CM Punk's going with this, but go ahead. He has grown, right, of course. However, he is still not that main event talent that WWE will want. They are going to stick him in the mid card so fast his head will be spinning, okay? Like, he's going to have a match with The Miz, and it's going to be downhill (laughs) from there, okay? That's that's his trajectory. All right, that's all. (laughs) You know, so that's his American nightmare. <laughs> He's going to get that big old forbidden door and, you know, this is a big deal out of the gate and then it's going to go right up here and it's going to go way down here. CM Funk, I know where you're going to go with that. Well, I, I don't know. You, you might know better than I do. I just, I, I completely, completely agree that I think this is, I think it's a mistake for him to go back to WWE and, you know, and I think there is a lot of ego involved. Um, I'm, I'll be honest. I was absolutely shocked when I saw that news. I mean, I'd heard the rumors his contract was, you know, coming up and, you know, but you know, whatever, you know, that is what it is, but to actually make the announcement, you know, and then for Tony Khan to come out and make the announcement and all, it actually made me for a split second go, is this a work? And all like I thought, I mean, what bigger way, you know, than than to, you know, hey, he's leaving the company and then you circle back around and boom, here he he comes, you know, he's still there and and everything. But I'll be honest, like it's it's weird because like I never thought he was losing his spot in the company, despite them bringing all the, you know, former WWE stars in and that kind of thing, because he already was stuck where he couldn't go after the the AEW title. You know, that was like the initial, you know, thing, his first match, you know, when he lost and all that, it was like, 
they took a, that opportunity away from him. So it was like, well, he was never going to be the main event in AEW, no matter what, you know, he did, other than he could maybe be a Triple H type main event, you know, where he just gets to have a main event match no matter what he's doing because of who he is. But I don't know. The whole thing's very odd. I'll be interested to see how it actually plays out at the end. But I agree. Going to WWE, mm, not so sure that's the right move. But Doug, what do you think? Um, um, so my thought – I mean, I was reading on this like every day trying to figure out like, so the two main reasons I keep reading about is either A, he's jealous of how much CM Punk is getting on his salary and Khan want to give him a big contract. So he wants big more money and Vince is ready to write him a check to bring him back. Of course and B, he is. Yeah. And then the other thing I heard was that um, he, uh, he got let go of creative and Tony Khan is writing all the shows now. So he's upset that he's not part of creative anymore. So I guess that's the other reason that I heard that he's out the door because of that. So I'm not too particularly sure. Does he own American Nightmare, the, the gimmick? See, I'm not sure about that because wasn't he using that in Japan, CM Punk? I believe so. I, I think he does because I don't think AEW owns a whole lot of their yeah, they know, don't pay their properties the at the moment. You know, yeah. I, they're not they're not like WWE where they got. They're not going to pull a Vince. Yeah. <laughs> Although Tony right, Khan okay. is becoming Vince McMahon very quickly. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that means he's probably going to do the American Nightmare gimmick. No way. Unless he was like dashing Cody Rhodes. That was the only other thing. Because he love came back to start us. Cody Rhodes. <laughs> I did too. I loved. It. I loved his music. That that was. I lo- the, the music was, was great. The stash was great. I uh, I loved it. Yeah. What was it? Tho. I think is the the people from WWE. I think made his. I think made his music. But uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean. Uh, I mean. He. There's a lot of like matches. I mean. He can't fight Brock. I mean, there's no way in hell he's going to fight Brock. I mean, Drew McIntyre, AJ Styles, Shinsuke. But Talking know, all like, the mid-card people. Like, uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, exactly. The only problem, and then get the Intercontinental title, Continental title from Sami Zayn after he loses the um, fights Johnny uh, Knoxville at WrestleMania. Oh, which, no. Which, like, <laughs> yeah. So, again. but, yeah, I, I don't know. It's – and, I mean – it's either he's going to show up soon, the the set something up, or he's going to show up at WrestleMania or something like that. But, yeah, I don't think it's going to go the way Cody thinks he's going to go, that he's going to be this big round-and-round thing, unless the fans, like little kids, like the uh, American Nightmare gimmick or something like that. But I don't know if you can really sell it because it's not really like a face-type thing. I mean, it's not – Especially the word the nightmare. has got thing. a negative connotation. Yeah. And Cody exactly, made it work in right. AEW, but you can't uh-huh. – yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, and, and go, going to WWE, he's giving up all of the freedoms and creative, you know, juices that have made him as popular as it has over the last five, six years or whatever. So, uh, exactly. Was, he's not going to be able to come out on a throne and, and, and bash it with a sledgehammer, I don't think. <laughs> no. He's going to have to, like, uh, turn that into, like, reverse, you know, the little TikToks and stuff where they do stuff in reverse and stuff from the videos. It's going to be him with the hammer coming off of the throne instead when he, he bashed and destroyed Triple H's throne. And the, and it builds and up the, the opposite. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's going to build up the throne forever. And then there was so, a meme out there of him kissing uh, Vince's, you know what, as well out there. So uh, yeah. who knows what's going to go down. It's, uh, it's going to be that, – that's an interesting thing to watch, and, and, it's, and it's sad to say that that might be the most interesting thing to look forward to on this road to WrestleMania to see how they fit Cody and Brandy in, I think. And we got the time clock up at the top, so we're going to – end uh, segment one and we're going to go into segment two but it will do they that bring taker back uh yeah um yeah they'll, they'll bring taker back that's that's gonna but it's not going to be for a match or anything like that but here's, yeah. here's what it's going to be it's going to be cody 
and Brandy in a program with Triple H and Stephanie. And it's not, and it's going to be, everybody's going to protect everybody else. Nobody's going to take any bumps. It's, it's all going to be about cutting promos before the Rumble. I mean, before WrestleMania. And then right before the match, some screw job's going to happen where somebody can't compete because of whatever reason. And it's going to get Cody over, going to feed that ego that we were talking about. Um, give Cody and Brandy that WrestleMania moment. And then the next night on Raw, uh, they'll be in the Intercontinental Championship or the U.S. title with Damian Priest and Sami Zayn. Uh, that that'll that'll be what it is. Well, either that or like uh, uh, a big ugly said, he's gonna be fighting the Miz and Maurice in that next oh, tag yeah. match instead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because the Miz and Maurice already had their Edge Beth Phoenix moment. Maybe they'll have a triple threat with them uh, or yeah. a, a, a fatal four way with because somebody's gonna die during that match. If it's a fatal four way, somebody's gonna just die. Um, right. Yeah. But it's uh, you know, hey, brought, brought up brought up Taker and everything. Like, so they haven't announced any Hall of Famers yet and everything for this year. Like, it's in Texas. Does it make sense that Taker is the headliner this year? I mean, absolutely. I think so. Really? Yeah, I, I I agree. You got people going into Hall of Fame, you know, prematurely already. Uh, this this is like the he he could have been in a Hall of Fame twenty years ago. I mean, but yeah. you know, now that he's actually retired. Yeah, he should be the absolute headliner of the Hall of Fame this year. I think Batista yeah, is like the only announced one for this year. Because he was supposed to go in the other year, but he Last had a year. conflict, right? right? Yeah. yeah. Probably That's with cool. movies and stuff. Yeah. But um, they were going to – Jeff was probably going to be in this year as well, but Jeff said didn't want to go to the WWE after the whole debauchery of them messing up his, co uh, his drug test when his drug test was negative to begin with. <laughs> So and now and Jeff Hardy they, they wanted to every... bring him in solo and not with his brother. Exactly yeah. right, and then that caused him to go like, "No, it's it's the Hardy Boys or else." And they're they're like, they didn't want to basically work with AEW on that, basically. So that's right. what it came down to. Hardy's I don't know. I feel they're gonna take, uh, if, Yeah, they're gonna that uh, during Cody like the Cody stuff. They're definitely gonna take some shots at AEW probably with him coming over. Because this is their prone opportunity to take advantage of that to bring up where he was and that he came over and all this other stuff. Because you know, Punk and everybody else when they went over, they definitely brought up the forbidden door as well. So this is their opportunity to try it as well, even though it may or may not get over, depending on how sincere or real it feels. Because that's the thing when WWE does those real promos like the pipe bomb or the John Cena promos that like. Uh, or the real promos like from Paul Heyman or Reigns or anybody that and the Miz then oh like that that Miz one he did a little bit while ago that was great um yeah I mean those ones did it, those did it for me those felt real and like uh they were getting something off their chest those are the ones we want to hear we don't want the uh, scripted one backstage that Vince is feeding the Roman Reigns that he's saying a million times to us every week <laughs> and let's see if that creative freedom like CM Funk said let's see if that gets to Cody and he and he goes back and he remembers all of a sudden oh this is why I was unhappy here for six years um, yeah, it, it'll hit him yeah it'll hit him quick <laughs> yeah. uh, all right so we're going to take a break on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Gentlemen, if you could go in and click into segment two, please. And uh, we're going to come right back with CM Funk, with Big Ugly, with Dougie Doug uh, for the first time on the podcast, and myself, Dirty Mike. And we will come back and talk more on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. And don't forget to listen all the way to the end because Black Magic is at the end of this podcast with the main event on this podcast. So we will return shortly.
And we are back yep. on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. You think I'd get used to that after 100 plus times. My name is Dirty Mike. I'm the big ugly. And we are once again joined by the king of non-social media, hashtag no hashtag CM Funk. Howdy. <laughs> and uh, for the first time ever, it is his birthday, 32nd birthday, uh, Dougie Doug, Mr. A. Hoffman. I don't know. Do you have an alias that we can call you, or is Dougie Doug okay? Uh, my, wife, my wife calls me Shaggy, uh, calls, calls me like Shaggy Daddy. Video game-wise, I go by Quail Man or Dougie Fresh. So any of those threes is the one I guess I go yeah. by. <laughs> Quail Man, I love the Doug reference from Doug. Very nice. That's good. <laughs> yeah. It's only people that in the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast can pick something like that up. So, yeah, we'll, we'll use any yeah. one of them. Uh, we'll, we'll call you Quail Man. I, I like that, too. Yeah, yeah, let's go with Quail Man. I like that one, too. Quail Man. Too. But Shaggy is, I mean, that just makes sense. I mean, but you, we, we, a lot of people can't see this on the Dirty Ugly because this isn't, it's isn't yeah. a video. This is an audio podcast. But I feel it. I mean, that's pandemic, Shaggy. But you were that Shaggy before the pandemic. So Exactly. Um, but that's okay. Not a problem. It's a, it's a trademark thing. So. Um, we were talking about uh, Hall of Famers, Undertaker uh, possibly going in, Jeff Hardy not going in because it's not the Hardys, which it should be, um, failed drug test, all that stuff. What, what other names? And, and Batista, which is coming back, he was supposed to be in the Hall of Fame a couple years ago. Who else goes into the Hall of Fame this year? Who else should? I know Big Ugly's got this list all the time, but what do you think? Anybody? I, I don't know. I know. <laughs> I, got, I got nothing. Yeah, who's left? <laughs> Demolition. Yeah. Is, I, I, I've always got the mark for demolition to go in. I don't know if it'll ever happen, uh, but, uh, you know, and, and as Action Smash, you know, you can, you can put, uh, you know, uh, what's his name, uh, in for like 30 different gimmicks. Um, Crush. Kona Crush. Crush. Yeah. I don't know about that one. But uh, I, I think Demolition. I mean, what about has, I, the, has the big show gone in? He has not, but he should. His name is Mark Henry. Yeah, right. But, but he's they're both in the, with AEW. AEW, yeah. So right. wait, did Mark Henry go into the Hall of Fame already? Yeah, I think he did. Right. I think Mark Henry went in. Yeah, Mark Henry did go in. Yeah, actually, you're yeah, right. But he Big Show in. did not. Jericho has not. Jericho has not. Yeah, yeah. And those two right. are absolutely deserving. Absolutely right. Well, so another one they could, I mean, WWE could stick it to AEW and steal a thunder by putting Owen Hart in the, the Hall of Fame <laughs> while they're trying to do their whole, uh, yeah, I mean, they're doing their whole segment and their whole thing with the Owen Hart Foundation. So steal a thunder by putting him in the Hall of Fame so they get more, try to steal the watches from them or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I know it's not going to happen. It's a, screw it. a dream. Screw <laughs> so I, I, I hate AEW is doing that. I, I'm, you guys know how I feel about that. Like, it's yeah, the we talked about that. Yeah. That's just terrible. There's no history with Owen Hart over there. Zero, zero. It makes absolutely you know, no sense. You know, I, I, I get that, but Owen's wife is a part of it at least. You know, she gave the okay. She was involved with the whole thing. So, you know, I, I don't have a problem with it just from that aspect. You know, I mean, that's the whole reason why WWE, he'll never go into the Hall of WWE Hall of yeah. Fame. Because Owen's wife wants nothing to do with WWE yeah. and everything, so so I don't have a problem with it. You know, is what it is. I, I mean, I think that that I think that she is my problem, and okay. the reason I say that is because <laughs> you Owen Hart never wrestled for AEW, right? Owen Hart okay. made his bones and made his career, became a legend in WWE. If you're if you have a gripe with WWE and you don't want them to honor him, okay, it's just done. You know what I'm saying? But to me, letting another company that didn't even exist when Owen Hart wrestled 
honor him. To me, you're just trying to stick the finger to WWE. It's a personal vendetta, and it's not about Owen anymore. It's just about you trying to stick it to WWE. Okay. Yeah, and that's yeah. That, not the I right reason. I agree with that. Yeah. It's not the right reason. Um, and, and when it happens, you know, AEW is something to watch. We'll watch it. It's going to be good stuff. And we'll talk more about AEW shortly. But I don't know about that part. That, that piece is just too much of a stick it to. It just doesn't make sense. Um, is there? But, go ahead. Is, is there any women that haven't been inducted to the Hall of Fame yet that, were, that um, need to be added? Because mm. we, we keep on talking about the, the men and everything, mm-hmm. but uh, who's left on the women's side of that, uh, the d- deserving side of the women's side? Let's see. Mickey James, obviously, she still has, obviously, she's still champion over TNA and everything else. So he hasn't been in the Hall of Fame yet? Yeah. yeah. Mickey James has been in there, but I mean, she's still got some years in her. I think, I mean, she could still like get some more years before they probably try to bring her in there, unless they want to still go off the cocktails and help impact out a little bit more and put her in the Hall of Fame now, they could, I guess, potentially, that was part of the deal for the Royal Rumble or something like that, to give her a Hall of Fame induction or something. Maybe. So, I, I wouldn't I be, know. I'd be okay with her going in the Hall of Fame. I would, I would too, yeah, she, she definitely, everything that she did, she was good. I mean, uh, I mean, I, I highly doubt it would happen because CM Punk's over in AEW, but I would say, AJ, I don't know if I would say AJ, AJ is deserving or not. Um, I'll say no on that one, actually. There you Anybody go. Else? Yeah, if Taker goes in, Michelle McCool goes in along with him. Yeah, oh, she should. Yeah, oh, I agree. Yeah, to put them both in the same year, that would be pretty awesome. Um, you know, and WWE is going to pull out some names that we wouldn't even have thought of. Of course, did you say AJ Styles definitely. is not? He should. He's not. No, he should a- one day. He, he was talking about AJ Lee. We're talking about he the winning. Punk's wife. Right. Oh, AJ Lee. Okay. Yeah, that's, yeah. That, that's who Doug was talking about. AJ Lee, not AJ oh. Styles. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would AJ Styles. I'm like, yes, one day maybe. Okay. Yeah, I would do that to that man. <laughs> but I can see, I can see AJ Styles going in the Hall of Fame. So, I, yeah, I think he's deserving. <laughs> I think so. So, uh, let's throw this out there uh, for Undertaker and Michelle McCool. If they indeed were like part of the, like the, the top of the card for the Hall of Fame, who inducts them? Do do they induct each other? Mm-hmm. Or who is who's big enough? I would say McFoley could induct Undertaker. Would be quite honestly, I would I would say McFoley for Undertaker. I would give it to Kane because he can talk better. <laughs> to yeah, me. I guess. Though, yeah, I mean, yeah, I would say yeah. I'd say Foley Kane, would be there, but Foley's just yeah. too. Busy. I would say Kane or Sean or Shawn Michaels. Sean would be a good one to induct. Just because they had such good matches. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think it's going to depend on what they want to do because they didn't have anybody induct people last year. Um, right. You know, and I, I heard that the Hall of Fame ceremony may be short this time around because it's going to be on either a Friday or Saturday when SmackDown or WrestleMania is going on. So, so it's going to be pre-recorded then. Right. So there's a good chance that it'll just be quick five, ten minute, um, you know, uh, speeches and then that's it. So why would they not just like I don't know, move SmackDown to another day? But whatever. Uh, I would just – I would prefer to have that Hall of Fame do it in front of fans. I mean, right. I know it's not yeah. the biggest fan draw. I mean, I've been to a couple of them, you know, and it's not like the biggest ticket in the world, but it is cool to have that atmosphere with everybody in the building, not just to do it in front of a bunch of video screens, in my opinion. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it definitely should be, but, you know, logistics, it all, all depends on in the it money. It all depends. 
Mm-hmm. Plus, they're going to have an NXT takeover during that weekend at some point in time. Um, got two nights of WrestleMania. You got a SmackDown before. You got a Raw after. I mean, it's a big, uh, big week, big week, big weekend of wrestling. So, of course, we're on the road to WrestleMania. That means the Elimination Chamber. Um, this year, it's in Jeddah because they have their big 10-year deal with um, uh, Saudi Arabia. And now that they can all travel again, um, they're, they're going to go to Saudi Arabia. They're going to do the show, and they're going to come back, um, which brings – me to the card for elimination now see whenever they go overseas they they have their stuff that they like the the, the Jeddah stuff the saudi arabia stuff they love the hall of fame they love the legends and they love the big names that have never performed in their country um is is this whole thing just wrapped around the fact that they have to put a lot of big stars in Jeddah to get to the to royal rumble they have to do it now um or are they actually trying to build for wrestlemania what do you think Anybody? You're so. Wait, you're saying are they putting in a lot of big stars simply for the Saudi Arabian people, or right? Are they dismissing the road to WrestleMania right now by just filling the card with Lita and Goldberg and and, and all this other? And are they just dismissing the road to WrestleMania? I mean, is it, does this even make sense? Or after the Elimination Chamber is over, they're going to come back to America and then they're going to put together the WrestleMania card from that. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm being confusing. No, I, I think some of the WrestleMania card will come out of Elimination Chamber. I mean, but the whole card as itself is not a prelude to Mania. It's definitely just because they're getting paid a ton of money to go to Saudi Arabia, you know. Yeah. And it, I will give them this. It made more sense turning this show into an actual pay-per-view like the Elimination Chamber instead of it being an added or, you know, shoved in trying to you know wedge in the crown jewel whatever it used to be called or you know and also like i don't have a problem with them turning it into a regular pay-per-view um but yeah as far as it being anything i don't i mean a couple of storylines will come out of it i'm sure but that's about it i agree so i mean uh the whole leader thing like because leader's not guaranteed to wrestle at wrestlemania right she's just going for and like i feel like they'll drop her after the elimination chamber like, I feel like she's just on for that. but Yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean, she she's kind of teased in some of her promos about a long run, you know. Oh, she, okay. Yeah, but, but you know, that could just be, you know, her just saying that. Yeah, yeah okay. I mean, they could keep her on through Mania, just, uh, you know, maybe not in the main event type status, but I really don't think she should win any titles yeah. over in Jeddah and then have a title storyline going into uh, – Mania, absolutely not. Hey, how, uh, what, are, what am I talking about? We just talked about earlier how they need all the help they can get. So she probably is going to be sticking around. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere. They need the help. They're going to keep everybody on, on, on pace for Mania just to make an appearance. But I just, I just hope they're not in, involved in the main, uh, the main titles, the main stories. That's all. Especially with uh, Goldberg now going over there. Um, you know, the match that should have happened at WrestleMania two years ago. It, yeah, I don't know. They should um, try to bring Bray Wyatt back. He's you not know, with anyone, right? Where is yeah. Bray Wyatt? Yeah, I mean, he. Uh, I mean, we're sticking away. From, oh, I was gonna say stick away from AEW because I was gonna say he could be the third member of the House of Black, but who knows if he's if that's the case or if they're gonna get somebody else. But I think it really for uh, Elimination Chamber. It comes down to how they represent the card because I think they need to get all the legend stuff out of the way early on, get the fans riled up and then throw the Elimination Chamber matches out that are the real storylines 
of the road to WrestleMania matches. And then there might be a better uh, reaction from the crowd because I don't, uh, from what I've seen, like a lot of time, it's, it seems like sometimes the crowd is dead. Like at least the first time where the, the crowd was dead a lot of the time yeah. for a lot of those matches. So that's going to definitely uh, depend, be a lot of dependent on that as well. If we can get that over. And then they'll have their one match where I guess this will be uh, probably the, the dude that they keep on showing up on raw that, uh, Men, so what's his face? What's the guy with the, the uh, uh, makeup? Oh. Yeah, exactly. That he he'll probably show up and have a match and go over or something like that, yeah. or uh, Jinder Mahal or somebody from overseas in in that area in the Arabic area will probably have the a match. Great, Kali actually started over. walking to the ring already, so he can get there uh, <laughs> <laughs> by the time the show starts. That's, that's terrible. Right? That's messed up. And they're um, I'm sorry. They're, they're waiting on the, uh, there's already water on the floor for Titus O'Neil when he starts to run to the <laughs> ramp. <laughs> Gonna do a run in somewhere. Yeah. Um, exactly. you know, Elimination Chamber, even uh, when the three of us went with Jason Justin Tucker, you know, in, two, in 2020, the very last live event pre COVID uh, paper, when it was still called a pay per view. I mean, even that was, I mean, it was fun and it was live and it was great in person, but what they had a tag team Elimination Chamber match and they had a women's elimination chamber match. It's like they were pulling. It's like that pay-per-view had absolutely very little to do with the road to WrestleMania, but they just, it was there. They got it in. Um, this time, they're just pu putting all their legends in, in, in the chamber premium live event, as it were, and I don't know how it's going to turn out, but hopefully it's better than the Rumble because um, the Rumble was a little bit of a letdown. Not that we have to stay on the elimination chamber because there's a lot more interesting things to talk about these days. But there are. Um, but uh, just one little call out, like Austin Theory. Like really? Like you look at the other, you look at the other five guys in it, and they're all like future Hall of Famers and champions. And then don't call him that because Pat McAfee did that and he got in trouble for calling people future Hall of Famers that may not be. I'm sorry, that was just a tangent. But go ahead. Well, we got to circle back to that. But go ahead. Okay. I just was curious. Austin Theory feels like such an odd. I realize he's in a Vince McMahon storyline, you know. But uh, sorry, people didn't see my air quotes there or not <laughs> in the podcast. But you don't um, think he's gonna win? I yeah, just weird. Like I, I guess you got to have fodder for uh, Brock. So somebody just it's it's the Mike Knox situation where Shawn Michaels comes in and super <laughs> yeah. kicks him in one two three, and he looks at the camera and said. Who is that guy? Right. Like, that's pretty much what you're going to get with uh, Austin Theory. And somebody going to take a selfie, and he'll take his selfies when he's coming into the chamber, and it'll be great. And he'll get, he'll travel all the way over there for five seconds of work. Will he have a pap paparazzi like uh, Tyler Breeze? Ah, oh, <laughs> I doubt it. Uh, Tyler Breeze had a paparazzi. Eminem had that paparazzi at one point in time. Uh, I don't know, man. But I have to say, and we'll circle back to the yeah. Pat McAfee thing, but I'll tell you, the chamber, uh, let, let's do some quick predictions. How about the, uh, I think the one chamber is for the WWE championship, the Bobby Lashley chamber, correct? Right, yes. Yeah. And who wins yeah. that chamber match? <laughs> Lashley? Yeah, I'm going to say Lashley walks out with it. <clears throat> okay. CM Funk? Uh, I hate to even say this, but I got a feeling Lesnar's going to do it to set up title versus title at uh, Mania. Take, that does take away from uh, – yeah, uh, I don't know. That's terrible. Uh, yeah, I hate to say it too. All uh, right. I, I don't uh, like saying it. Just, well. Yeah, that, and uh, the quail man over there saying uh, – dog uh, saying Brock Lesnar as well. So, so let me ask you this. What do you do with, what do you do with Lashley? Throw him in the battle royal. 
<laughs> That's messed up. Wow. I don't know. It's it's terrible because Lashley's carried the company on his back. Let me ask another question then. What do you do with him if he wins? Or if he holds on to the title, what do you do with Lashley? Who do you put against him? So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> at Mania. Well, It'll be a mid-card well, WWE. Well, but, but you got Reigns feuding with Goldberg. So... It's a one-off though at EC at, at the chamber. I mean, I think that's Brock already Brock yeah. already said he's wrestling. He's challenging Reigns at WrestleMania. So make it a title versus title and make it something that hasn't happened before. You know. Right. So then, yeah. One so then, does, does Goldberg does Goldberg go against Lashley? We've already seen that, right? Didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Yeah, right. it was bad. <laughs> so I, La- Lashley, Lashley's in a terrible spot right now because he's got nothing coming out of elimination chamber no matter what happens yeah they've yet to set anything up see that's see, that's where I, my comment about the chamber it's just like it, it just, everything just kind of dies and there's really nowhere to go um yeah if he had the, more with the hurt locker going on then i could see them trying to work some stuff out with the hurt locker or something but because the hurt, hurt locker business. Yeah, exactly. I like the Hurt yeah. Locker too. It's a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Hurt Business. Yeah, with without them, it just seems like it's it's going. He doesn't have too much going for him. And it's not his fault. It's WWE's fault because Bobby Lashley thing. Like I was excited for that Brock Lesnar versus Bobby one. I want another fight between them, but I want it to be clean and not with uh, Roman Reigns helping Bobby Lashley win the match. I want to see Bobby a vehicle to get Roman and Brock uh-huh. right back to where they should have yeah. been before well, Roman got caught. Right. That's all it was, and that's a damn shame. Unless they have that, uh, the match, the, there's some sort of like MMA match they had on NXT before or something like that with what they could put on gloves and stuff, and it's like a UFC ring, and actually have Brock and Bobby actually throw punches and stuff. Because, I mean, I'm sure there's, there, there's definitely some beef from them at some point and over the years that, a real UFC match is like definitely money. Whoever gets – whether Brock and Bobby somehow get to do it in the UFC ring and Vince allows it, or if they get to do it somehow in WWE, it's money. Yeah, uh, it could be money. Who wins the women's chamber match? Are they having one of those? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't even know who's really covered. in it right now. Yeah, I was about to say, who's in it? Yeah. Alexa Bliss is in it. Dewdrop. Um – Rhea Ripley, Bianca Belair, Bianca. Um, uh, Nikki A.S.H. Mm, and um, Becky, right? No, Becky's, Becky's taking the lead. Oh, and, okay. So this is a number one contender match, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would say um, I, my guess, I'm going to say Alexa Bliss is, is my – exactly. uh, Yeah. I was going to say that. She's the only one that really Either has that or Rhea, but Rhea is like – she's like low to mid now. They just did her so dirty with that the tag team with uh, What's-Her-Face that okay. I just still feel so bad for her. She was so good in XT, and then they brought her over, and she's just flat now. It's not even her fault. She's a great uh, wrestler. She is great. I think uh, – I don't know if you guys saw it on uh, Monday Night Raw, but uh, – I think it was on Raw. But th- there was this whole, like, gauntlet match to see who was going to get the last spot in the chamber, and – and uh, Bianca Belair won that gauntlet match and earned her spot. And then they just played this uh, – they, they've been playing this Alexa Bliss thing with the therapist for weeks and weeks and weeks. And all of a sudden, she's cured. And at the end, she says, you know what? I'm not doing anything. Let I'll put myself in that chamber match too. Like, make, you, you have a whole hour of a segment to earn a spot. And then Alexa just says, I'm in. Like, to right. me, I would right. – 
Like, if I'm a, a competitor in that match, I'm just going to go beat the piss out of her just because <laughs> she took something that I earned. Now, that'll never happen, but she'll probably win. But you, you see what I'm saying? Like, they're, they're taking the WWE fans and, like, taking the logic out of it and saying, you know what? It doesn't make sense. Right. But we don't yeah, care. I, I, I kind of I pick uh, Bianca Belair, and again, that pains me to do this, too. I'm having trouble making any picks here tonight and all, but um, like I think Belair wins only because it makes sense for her to face Becky at Mania because, you know, Becky took the title from her back at Survivor Series or SummerSlam, whatever SummerSlam. it was. In 26 yeah, seconds or whatever, so they need to have and, a real match. And they've never really had a good rematch, you know, for, for the title, and I think that's a bigger draw at Mania, especially after Bianca's huge Mania moment, you know, a year ago. So, um, you know, but it doesn't surprise me if Alexa Bliss wins just based off the storyline right now. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's, uh, it's going to be an interesting, the chambers at 12 PM Eastern time on Saturday. So go watch it or watch it later when, you know, it's a, it's a Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. It is what it is. Um, and then you got the road to WrestleMania, but, uh, let's jump over to AEW because, you know, it, it's, it's Thursday night, and you know what that means. It means we're talking about AEW. Um, so, uh, oh, wow, wow, wait, Pat McAfee. Let's, let's hit that before we hit okay. AEW. Um, yeah, so literally what I said earlier, he got in trouble uh, for calling people future Hall of Famers. Um, he was hired for his personality, for his energy, just like Mauro Ronaldo was, and, you know, he had some other problems going on, but Pat McAfee being slapped on the wrist – I think he, he's the, one of the best announcers, I, I'm not by quality of announcing, just by energy. I mean, sure. I love it. So, uh, Big Ugly, let's start with you. What did you think about that as far as future Hall of Famer talk? Yeah, no, I, I, I didn't know anything about it. I was actually just trying to get you to fill me in. I didn't know he had gotten slapped on the wrist for calling people that. Like, who did he refer to as a future Hall of yeah. Famer? Uh, I can't remember the. Oh, it's been a couple people. You guys don't, but he was basically. That's why he hasn't been on TV in the last couple of weeks. Um, oh, he, this is like I thought. I thought he was doing something. No, he got punished. This is he the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Really? I, I, I hadn't heard that one either. So, yeah. um, I, I thought he was doing stuff for the Super Bowl, which is yeah. why he was off. Um, off which SmackDown might be the case, but when the Super Bowl is over and he's still not on TV, um, well, that's, again, that, we. We'll see that. Well, we'll see that tomorrow. I mean, the Super Bowl is just this week, so we'll, I mean, we'll see. see. But he hasn't yeah. been on the last couple of weeks. But yeah, I, I've read a couple of things where he referred to people as future Hall of Famers, and Vince started yelling at him in the headset, saying, "We don't know that. You can't say that unless it, you know, it's uh, it, unless it's Undertaker or you know somebody like that. You can't do that." Um, and <laughs> it basically wasn't fed to him to say that, and he said it, and he got in trouble. Um, so I, I don't like that at all. If Pat McAfee wants to call somebody a future Hall of Famer, so be it. If he wants to get up on the desk and dance every time that uh, Rick Boogs comes out, by the way, I love that. Yeah. Uh, I love the queen gimmick. Uh, you know, why not? So that, that's basically what happened. But that's just – that's too much of the handcuffs, and that's what Cody's going to find out if he comes back. He might get a little creative freedom in the first storyline that he's in, but he's going to get the cuffs right back I on. I mean, even in real sports, you know, when you, you, you look at the NFL and, and you'll see broadcasters say, like, oh, future Hall of Famer, you know, we'll see them in, you know, whatever. It's like they don't know either. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. yeah. you just you, – you look at a guy, you see his career, and you just assume, like, okay, it might, it might be – might not. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. right. You're just a way you're, to – opinionated. <laughs> Yeah. You're, put, you're putting somebody over, and that's the yeah. whole point, especially that's what you're supposed to do. in wrestling. There you go. Yes. That's yeah. what commentators are supposed to do. Right. Right. 
Right. Uh, anyway. Yo, where's Triple H? Vince needs to – anyway, we can go to AEW. Well, Triple H was fighting some medical problems, right? Yeah, he had yeah. a heart, yeah. heart issue. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I don't know about, you know, him doing a lot. You know, he's kind I, of been taking the back seat. They, I mean, it's been downhill since he went down. I mean, they took NXT, completely revamped it. It's terrible. WWE is suffering. Like, this is just bad. You know, the one entertaining thing <laughs> Not that, the stocks. Uh, <laughs> one entertaining thing was uh, the, the knowledge bowl or the quiz bowl that they had with uh, Randy and Riddle against the Alpha Academy. And that was like the whole first 30 minutes of the show. Had nothing to do with anything, but it was just – Funny, and I was like, "Oh man, this is like 1995 all over again," uh, with the, with the weird stuff that has absolutely nothing to do with wrestling. Riddle um, is over, man. Like Riddle, Riddle is over. Yeah, he was he's one another of the one that they that was... sent down to NXT to help get them over. Yeah, Riddle <sighs> was supposed to win. He was one of the people that might have won the Rumble if Brock didn't win the Rumble. He was definitely on the top to win because Randy Orton wanted him to. I heard that Randy Orton wanted him to win the Rumble. That was one of the. Man. I would have been okay with that. Yeah, it, it all be, it's all because Roman got COVID, and they had to they had, they had to scrap everything they're doing and just to wrap everything back around to getting back to Roman and Brock. That's all they did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, AEW. A, let's talk about fun stuff. AEW. Can, can I ask right, you guys so, a question? All right, you sure can. For all of you AEW watchers, uh, yes. I'm just doing a, a CM yes. Punk check in. How, how has he has he made a splash and impact since he's been there? Getting better, but uh, we'll start with Doug on this one. We'll start with the Quail Man. Talk about it. Uh, oh, for CM Punk? Yeah. Um, if he started a splash. Um, so right now, um, I'm kind of interested to see what happens to finish up the MJF stuff first and see how that ends. But this has definitely been one of his more memorable uh, feuds that he's had so far. Like every single promo with MJF, has been like 100% like awesome. And then he brought that picture up last night of MJF getting a, getting an autograph from CM Punk at ROH or whatever. That was great. I mean, I'm, I'm shocked it took them all that long to do it because all the fans jumped on it like the first week. <laughs> so it's hilarious that they finally jumped on it. So I'm, I'm excited. I, I don't know if I like the, the stipulation for this match, but I guess they needed to do some stipulation because this is, I guess, match number two. So you would think they would you would save that for match number three, but I guess they're gonna do the gimmick match now. CM Punk wins, and then they get a third match, the the, the third match, the blowover match. It's a dog collar match, is what they're gonna have. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, CM Punk, what do you think? Um, I think that Punk's just now hitting the stride, getting into gear, and and making the impact. Um, I think the opening few uh, storylines they had him and matches was just to get the ring rust off of him and get him back into you know, being a professional wrestler again because it's been you know seven years since he's really done it. So, um, you know, I, I think I think there's a little bit of a lull after that initial you know excitement and stuff and all, which you kind of expected. But I think it's starting to build back. Um, him being paired with MJF is just perfect. I mean, MJF is like the best heel in all of sports entertainment, professional wrestling. I don't care if you're in the Indies, AEW, Impact, WWE, he is by far the best heel going right now. And Punk is the perfect foil, you know, for that storyline. And, you know, I think Punk's really starting to hit his stride again. And he's starting to feel like um, CM Punk of old. I mean, he even started his promo this past week, sitting in the middle of the ring, 
looking like he's going to drop a you know pipe bomb again. I mean, it was like it was classic punk and all, and I, so I think it's it's starting to come around, you know. With I agree. I think it's it, it took some time. They didn't just kind of throw him in. Obviously, they did something big with him and Darby at the beginning, and then kind of just got him working into working with matches. wasn't really main event stuff, but it was working matches, and then now. He's hitting a stride with the storyline, and they actually did have a first good match, which wasn't a one-off because Punk actually lost, which gives him a reason to fight up from underneath. Um, so Big Ugly, I think we're all kind of roundabout way answering your question. It is making more of an impact now with him being in AEW. He's definitely one of the main players. Um, and if you want to talk about some of the biggest things happening in AEW right now, that's that's one of them, the whole CM Punk MJF thing. And they can drag it out for a while, kind of like they did with MJF and Jericho. Um, they, they can find reasons to drag this out for a while because anytime they're on the mic, they're golden. And when they were in the ring, they did a great job. Um, so I think they can stretch it out. Do you uh, – I don't know what you're seeing of AEW, Big Ugly, but, I mean, are you happy to see CM Punk actually make a comeback and do something that's good? Uh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. And I was always a punk fan in WWE, but you know, so I've just been trying to see if he, uh, was doing something. I think I've always been on the, and the reason I check up is because, you know, I think I told you guys on one of the older podcasts that Bischoff had made a talk about, you know, punk claiming that him and Daniel Bryan's, uh, AEW appearance was, he likened that to like the NWO, you know? Yeah. And Bischoff was like, you can't compare. And I felt the same way. Like, I'm like, all right, you're a little too high on yourself to compare the impact. So that's why I'm checking in. Yep, absolutely. And let's uh, – we got the uh, the countdown clock happening. So we'll, we'll get into some more AEW stuff. Let's talk about the world champion, Kenny uh, – I'm sorry, Adam Page. I want to say Kenny Omega, but we haven't seen him in months. Uh, Hangman Adam Page. And now his opponent and his number one rival just happens to be the guy who left NXT not too long ago. That's right, Adam Cole Bebe. Um what do you guys – I'll start with CM Funk on this one. What do you think about the pairing of those two? Oh, it, it'll be fun. You know, I mean, Adam Cole's one of the best in the world, like legitimately one of the best in the world. He can go with anybody in the ring. And um, Paige is really coming into his own as the champ now. And he's – Glad he's, to hear you say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it took me a while because I, I wasn't sold when they first, you know, tried to put him over right off the bat. I was like, hmm, too, too fresh-faced. But um, – yeah. You know, now he's he's kind of, you know, holding his own. They're doing a good job with Paige, too, by putting him in against guys that make sense. You know, recently had uh, Lance Archer in that, um, uh, you know, anything goes match, essentially, hardcore match and stuff. Yeah. And, and, you know, that was really good. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think Adam Cole's, like, perfect. I, I kind of want Adam Cole to win the title. Um, you know, I, I mean, as much as Paige is, like, the the future of AEW and everything, I kind of want Adam Cole to be the guy to, to beat him and or at least to go after him for a while and finally beat him, you know, at some point. I think Adam Cole deserves a, a title run like that. Adam He's Cole is uh, real famous for having to fight for a long period of time to get up to – he's in there, but he fights all the way up to the top and finally gets it. So that that could be something um, that happens for him. And plus you got all the Dark Order guys on one side and you got the Elite guys on the other side. So there's a lot of, a lot of juice behind that storyline. It's good stuff. Um, what do you think about a quail man? Obviously, um, you did the Adam Cole, baby. So yeah, maybe. no, um, I'm I'm pretty excited for it. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think Adam Page and Cole are both from ROH together, and they were of the same time era of it. And I think they even fought each other at ROH as well. So being that this is now going to be for the the belt, the strap, whatever you want to call it, at this point, <laughs> I think it's going to be pretty exciting. 
the only thing that I'm afraid of is that just like all these like uh, the Adam uh, Adam Page uh, um, henchmen at this point of like uh, Uno and Ten and everything like that. There's only like one and two of them are like pretty legitimate, and the rest of them are more like developmental. And they just throw them on like AEW Dark, and then maybe like a Rampage match here or there, and then they expect me to make me that make that feel like oh my god Adam Cole just beat beat one of the dark orders and I'm supposed to care now like it doesn't make me care like give me some more meaningful wins for Adam Cole um before he touches Adam Page is what I want instead of them using all the dark order people again cuz they technically did that already so I, I kind of want something a little bit fresh that so we'll see sense. I'm I'm still excited for it nonetheless that's very exciting and we also got a couple of uh XWWE guys that are uh, meeting in the middle. We got Brian Danielson and John Moxley kind of trading. John, you know, Brian Danielson said, "John Moxley, will you come with me and be with me and be a tag team and let's take over and let's show all these young guys how to do it." And you got Moxley kind of saying, "I'm not saying yes. I'm not saying no." Moxley's just coming off a of rehab, um, you know, and uh, Brian Danielson's coming into another heel run. Uh, let's go back to UCM Funk. What do you think about this one? And does it go anywhere? Um, I like it. I think it, I think it's got a chance to have some legs for a while. Um, the tease with Moxley, you know, deciding whether or not he's going to go with uh, and team with uh, Danielson and stuff. Um, plus, I mean, you can't get any two bigger names in the uh, industry right now. You know, I mean, you're you're just asking for gold right there. I mean, two of the best workers, two of the biggest names. So, um, definitely interested and excited to see it because we never really saw it too much in WWE. You know, with right. Ambrose and Daniel Bryan. Um, you know, I mean, you know, uh, Brian Danielson had his, you know, was out of wrestling for a while. So, um, yeah. so I think it's kind of cool to get a chance to see these two guys, you know, really go, um, you know, on the main stage and not just in the indies and stuff like that too. So, so gotcha. interesting. Yeah. And one of your favorite guys, Jericho, Big Ugly. I know we both love Jericho. He's kind of kind of separating himself from his group at this point in time. There's kind of tension inside the inner circle. You know, uh, are they going to fight together? Are they going to fight against each other? Are they going to, you know, bring it back? Is it, And it could be to put, uh, put the other guys over as a tag team to put Sammy Guevara and Jake Hager out there on their own. Um, but uh, – yeah, I don't know how much of the AEW you're actually watching, Big Ugly, but him with the inner circle with this group has been one of the focal points of AEW for a long time. Would you like to see the group come back together, or would you like to see the group disband so everybody can do their individual thing? I have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to get you in on a conversation, yeah, I, man, because I know I, you're not watching. I appreciate it, but I'm not even going to fake. Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I have no input. Like... I mean, only thing I know is for, it seems like AEW has had a lot of factions. Am I correct? Yeah, they yeah. do. They um, love so factions. So they, like they love factions. Yeah, they could uh, they could maybe benefit from breaking up a faction. So, because I love factions too, but it sounds like they have like that. That's like everything over there. <clears throat> yeah, there's a lot of uh, pretty much everybody's in a faction in one or another. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I, I, so, yeah, it does feel like so, it sometimes. Yeah. I think they're doing a good job, though, starting to uh, kind of recycle some of them and, or, you know, kind of like, like giving up the inner circle, like breaking them up and letting them do their own thing now. You know, so you're kind of getting some fresh uh, meat in, in some of these factions, like, you know, with the elite or Bullet Club, whatever, you know, however you want to look at them now. They, like they're, they're bringing different, you know, characters in and kind of cycling through them a little bit. So 
makes it a little bit easier to stomach than it just being everybody's in a faction, you know, kind of a deal. Yes. So, yes. Okay. Um, yeah. Of course, it's the complete oh, yeah. opposite of the other brand who has like, no factions. No factions. No factions. Yeah. So. Barely any tag teams. I do um, like that. It seems like AEW will allow like more than three people to be in a faction. But I feel like <laughs> WWE caps out at three every time. But yeah. yeah, pretty much. All right. So we got the three minute warning. Did somebody just say three minutes? Yes, I did. Um, and so we're going to uh, end this segment of uh, episode 103. Don't go anywhere, by the way. This is Black Magic coming up. Tony, Mako, Mason Walls, DWA Tag Team Champions. But I want to get some words from the birthday boy himself, the Quail Man. Doug, how did you enjoy your first uh, experience on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast? I was, it was pretty exciting. Uh, like I said, it was meaningful conversation. I think that there was a, a lot to it. And like I said, definitely uh, – brought up some good things everybody's pretty caught up to date made some valid points and everything like that and i'm happy to see where the podcast goes from here yeah man glad you could be a part of it we'll definitely have you on again um and uh cm funk you know always a a long time listener long time participator uh what are what are your final words for our podcast today uh happy birthday doug uh just you know from, from from the podcast here and uh you know, just always a fun time, guys. Looking forward to the road to WrestleMania to see what actually happens. And maybe maybe we'll be excited by the next time we uh, all talk. Or <laughs> yeah, maybe court, we won't you know? be trashing it. <laughs> don't get ahead of yourself. Uh, we, we don't usually – we're not right. We're not wrong. We're just fans. We're not trashing anything. We're just kind of just grabbing at straws. Like, what can we grab onto? Big Ugly, this is, uh, you know, we, we got this big uh, interview coming up with Black Magic, but uh, how do you feel? Episode 103, what's going on? You like it? You like where we're going? Yeah, happy birthday, Doug, of course. Uh, thanks Thank for you, being sir. With us. Um, yeah, 103 is great. We got a great interview coming up. Um, and road to 104. <laughs> Road to 104. All right, guys. Well, thank you very much. And uh, stick around for the next segment of the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast with Black Magic. We are back on the Dirty. This is great. On the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. My name is Dirty Mike. I'm the Big Ugly. And uh, we are joined today by two very, very special guests. Um, one of them has, well, actually, both of them have been on the podcast before, but one of them was in the original 10 episodes of the podcast. Long back, I had, we, we both had our tickets to the gun show, Big Ugly. Um, <laughs> we, <laughs> we all know what this is talking about. But now, uh, th- in 2022, what we got, Big Ugly, is uh, two guys that are tearing it up, on the indie pro wrestling scene, they're moving higher and higher. In the professional wrestling scene, they're going to do big things, continue to do big things. And it's almost like magic. Did you see, like, that transition? That was pretty good, wasn't it? There you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> we got Big Ugly. We got Black Magic. We got Mason Walls. We got Tony Macko. And, gentlemen, welcome back to the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Tony, you were on episode 100, man. Even from the training center, you were getting it done and you showed up. Yeah, man. <laughs> How you doing, Tony? Good, good. Tired, good. but I'm up. Tired, but you're up. You know, 24-7 is what we're talking about. And Mason, you know the finger to the head, always thinking about it, always looking at it. Mason, welcome back. How you doing, brother? I am fantastic, man. Thanks for having me back. Absolutely, man. It's no problem whatsoever. Big Ugly, it's been a while, but, uh, you know, we got we got this black magic thing happening. Sure, man. And, uh, 
ask y'all guys, how'd y'all come up with the name? Ah. <laughs> all right, go ahead, Tony. Tell you want me to? <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So, so what? Early, early, like what? Five year version of me? Five years ago? Yeah. So that, that that psycho kicking machine version of me. Um, I did a lot of studying of um different wrestlers that I'd want to base my style off of. Low key was one of them. One of Loki's finishes was a move called Black Magic, and it was um, it was a shining wizard. The person, whenever the person ducked, they uh, Loki hooked his leg on the inside, and it would jump up and hit hit them in like in the back with his heel. And that move was called Magic. So then, eventually, when when the time came for me and Mace to tag up, he was like, he kept thinking about that move in the name. He was like, Yo, what if we call ourselves Black Magic? I was like, Huh, okay. And then, and then, boom! But of course, when you hear Black Magic, like anybody that first their first time appearing the name, they're gonna think, "Oh, you're black." And let me guess, <laughs> wrestling magic. Like, it, it, so I, it, it came. Some people just have some, you know, one track minds. That's terrible. <laughs> but it, it, it turned into um, figuring out, you know, what does it mean? And then I started looking into like colors, like the color black. And like, what happens when you mix colors? Like, if you mix black and red, that's a that's a color of like power or aggressiveness. And what was the other? It was like a couple other colors that when you mix it with black, though, it means something more. So yeah, yeah, it's right. it's interesting when you go into it. So y'all been together about five years as a solid tag team, Mason? Uh, no, actually, uh, almost three. So okay. a little two and a half, almost three. But Y'all you know, known each other for a long time, though. Yeah, we've been associated uh, almost six years. Okay, yep. so the solid tag team, Black Magic, as it were, yeah. about three years now. Now, absolutely. How did okay. that come to be? Like, did you guys talk to each other, or did y'all get put together? You wanted to be together. How did that come about? Um, I would say we always uh, had an interest of being together. Uh, I was uh, tagging. As um <laughs> as Mikey said early, you know, got your tickets to the gun show. Y'all mm-hmm. remember I had another tag right. partner, but right. um Tony was always around. We were always training together, and um we talked about um you know tagging together even early on because I had issues with my tag partner not showing up to stuff. Me showing up alone. Tony always being you know available. So you know we always talked about it, but uh it uh it didn't come to. It didn't come to be until about, you know, a few years later, like 2019. So once the opportunity became available, we went with it and just kept it going from there. How'd you guys keep it going through the pandemic? Like, how did you guys keep it relevant? And how did you guys, you know, stay together, stay strong? So what was happening before the pandemic comes through at the, you know, after the pandemic, even stronger? Well, um, I would just say, you know, we kept training. We, we just kept ourselves consistent as far as, uh, you know, being in shape, going to the gym, you know, training as much as we can to, you know, keep the ring rust off. But, uh, it, you know, it slowed everybody down, honestly, like slowed us down. We like we had an array of things uh, going on. Like uh, as far as like 2020, I went uh, to the Bahamas and I wrestled in uh, February 2020. And uh, me and Tony were supposed to go back. I, well, I'm supposed to go back, and Tony was supposed to go with me because he didn't have his uh, passport around the time. Mm-hmm. And we were supposed to go back in May of 2020. But due to the pandemic, it shut all of that down. So, yeah. like I said, you know, it's, it's just a lot of things, um, a lot of plans change. You know, cards subject to change, as always. 
and we just rolled with whatever what was coming next. Like we had a few, you know, a few little shows here and there at the school that we were able to put on and uh, put on the internet for people, keep, you know, people's spirits up uh, during the pandemic or whatnot. Everybody's at home so people can, you know, just watch and, you know, be entertained from uh, the, the pain factory and whatnot. So, um, you know, we did the best that we could. We were able to win the uh, EWA Tag Team Championships the end of uh, 2020. Um, you know, pretty much November 2020, you know, through the pandemic with no fans around. So we still found a way to keep it going all the way up to now. That's good to know, man, because it was hard, hard for a lot of people. But Absolutely. Uh, you guys did what you could, you know, safely and, and uh, you know, kept it, you know, relevant. Like you said, and now, you know, back in the middle of 2021, as we go to the fall of 2021, you know, things are starting to open back up. Uh, you know, people are starting to run shows and then I, I de definitely see you guys popping up everywhere, which we're going to get into because you guys are definitely making your rounds and that's good. Big Ugly, you remember, uh, you know, watching Dave Chappelle, we were talking about this offline a little bit, but you, do you remember the Rick James and, uh, you know, he was uh, on the couch, uh, you know, fuck you, what, what, pardon my language, that's bad. <laughs> but he was like, as he was crawling out, he was like, Black, black magic, evil mother. You see, that's where I first heard the words black magic. And every time I hear black magic, I want to go black magic, you know, whatever. But see, it those two words are relevant. You, you, and the way you were digging into it, Tony, I kind of like what you were saying. Maybe even TJ Sykes is listening to this because if you take the red prints and you put them with black magic, that could be some powerful potion right there. You, there. you know you what go. I'm saying? You are right? uh, talking good, I mean, man. TJ might need a, a lift up after losing that title match. But anyway, that's a, that's a different story altogether. We love uh, TJ. Um, anyway, so <laughs> you, remember, you remember that Big Ugly. You, you know what I'm talking about. Yes. I was <laughs> going to ask, so, you know, as we know, it's, it's Black History Month, right? And so I was going to ask you guys, like, as, as Black wrestlers, do you feel like it was important for you to see yourself represented when you were growing up, like, as far as Black wrestlers? Like, or was that not really a thing and it didn't matter and you just wanted to wrestle? And as Black wrestlers now, do you feel that kind of, like, responsibility and honor to be the inspiration for, like, young Black kids that might want to get into this industry? Um, Macy, you want to go first? Yeah, I, I'm about to say I got this one. Um, <laughs> so so when, when I was uh, growing up, when I was watching wrestling, like, you know, way back in like 2004 is when I really stumbled upon it. Like I stumbled upon it a little bit early in like 99 because of uh, certain video games that I had gotten. Like I'd gotten uh, WCW versus NWO on the, on the Nintendo 64 World Tour. baby. Yeah, which I, which I still have. Uh-oh. Which I still have right now. So, Look at yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had to show you guys that for a second. But uh, yeah, you know. Um, so I stumbled upon wrestling like, like in 99, but I didn't start watching until 2004. So from that point on, I just cared about wrestling. As I got older and started to, you know, train and get into wrestling, like doing it myself, my mind changed as far as, you know, being, um, being a black man and being able to be a black wrestler to inspire others. Like, it means the world to me. I mean, I inspire my kid. That means the world to me. You know, she see her black daddy doing the thing. You know, so for me, my mind has changed over time when I got into it. When I was younger, it didn't matter. But as I got older and started to understand more, that's when I went with it. Learning, always learning, always, always taking Absolutely. it in. Absolutely. Tony, what, what do you think, Tony? How do you, how do you respond to all that? All right. So 
I know for me, like growing up, like I got wrestling, watching it with my grandmother all the time. So I was like big, big rock fan. Um, at the at the time, like as far as me thinking of race and stuff, I mean, I feel like probably back then there was some some things of like in my mind. I don't know. Younger me probably didn't process everything right. Like there was there's a photo of me and my mom at a um, first Lua Lua speech back in uh in DC. So like it, there there is some some stuff of like reminiscent of that. But like once I grew older, it was more understanding like oh, shit, like, wait a minute, there is, like, certain things going on, and, you know, for for black people, black wrestlers, even at that, like, there is some stuff that we deal with, and, you know, I gotta, on my part, show people that even if you are black or whatever race you are as well, that you can do whatever you want in reality. But, yeah, especially as me being a black wrestler, and technically I'm not even fully black, but I claim more of my black <laughs> than black. So, so are you, yeah. are you mixed with? Uh, Dominican. No. Yeah. Basically black. I, <laughs> he identifies. Yeah. Black. <laughs> Darknesses. <laughs> it all goes back to Dave Chappelle. Um, <clears throat> no, nah, but see, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a great point, though, with Big Ugly pulls up because – in in this day and age, and we were even talking about it offline a little bit, it's, you know, race and things that you said or did 10, 20, 30 years ago that might come up, whether it be on email, social media, there's so many things that are pinpointed and looked at, you know, as opposed to just going to a wrestling show and seeing professional wrestling and cheering for the people you want to cheer for, booing for the people you don't want to boo for. It's, it's so much underlying drama. You know, that doesn't need uh, pro wrestling is supposed to create drama. You know, that's that's part of the storytelling. And there's so many other things. I mean, I, I don't want to put anybody on blast here as far as, the, the you know, the things that you've seen or the people you work with. But I mean, are you guys seeing this in a good way or in a bad way? Like when you go to different states, when you go to different promotions, when you look at different promotions to go out for i mean are you seeing like hey man you know we got to watch our step we got to watch our slot you know we are you guys seeing that or is it kind of coming more together as unified you know wrestling matters like all wrestlers matter. you know what i'm saying is it is it more unified front or is it more individualistic i would say um i feel like it's more unified because uh <clears throat> i believe you know when we uh you know go to certain shows or whatnot i am noticing it's more so of a Everyone is working with everyone, you know, is not really too many like issues with, uh, you know, personal issues with people, whatnot. I don't really see things come out for the most part in uh, most places. Uh, me and Tony work. Um, if, if they are, I don't notice, you know what I mean? So I would say it's more of a united front right this second. Okay. How about you, Tony? Oh, some places, some places are definitely easier than others. Uh, I definitely Tennessee. Like, Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. Certain, certain parts of Tennessee, you know, I had, to, I, had to, I, had to, I had to introduce somebody to the old, ruthless, like, uncaring, kick god of a person I was. But, yeah, <laughs> most, most places are nicer than others, though. I, I will say that. It was, it was a couple situations that I legitimately thought I was going to, like, end up getting a fighting out there. Like, <laughs> mm. wow. <laughs> See, I know we were getting deep in a little bit there, but that's that's kind of the things that we want to we want to tackle. I mean, it's dirty and it's ugly, but it's it, we just wanna, we want to bring all this together because 
that it's what it's all about. This is entertainment, you know, whether it's a pandemic or not a pandemic, you know, we're out there to, you know, especially you guys, you're out there risking your lives. You're out yeah. there working with other people and Mason, I've always told you, you know, with the, with the finger to the head, you know, you always got to think not only what you're doing, but what this could affect in the future or, you know, and what, what's happening in the past, because it's, cause you just never know, man, you never know. And I want you guys to entertain and keep doing what you're doing because you guys are awesome at it. And it, it, it shouldn't be about all this. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate both of y'all doing what you're doing and, and representing for the, for the Dominicans as well. You know, I mean, all, <laughs> all wrestlers matter, you know, all wrestling you matters. It's, it it's what it's all about. Big it ugly. Does. You see that um, at the top of the zoom thing, you, you see what's going on there, right? Yeah. Let's uh, say, okay. I think what we're going to do, uh, we don't want anybody to go anywhere. We're going to tell our listeners and we're going to tell black magic here that uh, once this time limit, I don't know if y'all see it, we're getting count, counted down to the rumble, but we're going to do this in two parts because we want this conversation to go on. So once we get down to the couple minute warning, we will take a small break. We'll have everybody log into the second link uh, and then we'll come back and continue. Sound good? Yes, sir. All right. Now on that note, everybody knows what's going on. Um, I want to talk about what just happened uh, in June, January, I should say, 15th, <laughs> 2021, June, ain't no June. Um, but what we're talking about is EWA rage in a cage. Um, there was some big things going on, but one big thing, what led off the second half of the show, which is always a strong, I feel like bringing people back from intermission is strong because you got to bring them up high. You got to start them go. up strong. It's there a good go. spot to be in. Um, Black, that's right. Um, Black Magic defending the EWA Tag Team Championships, which you guys have won and looks like you've had for, I guess, over a year now at this point. Yes, sir. Um, and defending it against uh, two big grimy individuals. I'm talking about the grimy Scots. And, man, I'll tell you what, I know uh, Joe Grasso. Actually, I know Joe and Mike pretty well, um, especially Joe. And these guys are rough, tough, brutal. Uh, they got their own wrestling school. They know what's going on. Um, you guys successfully defended your championships. You guys won, which was great. Um, I, I wasn't the referee for that one, but I will be next time because, uh, you know, we, we had to bring in, bring in up new people into business. We got Ian. Ian did a go. good job, you know, and, and I, I, I came up to you personally. I said, hey, guys, you, you, you know, we, we, we want to bring people along in the business. We got four veterans in there. Let's, let's do it. <laughs> look, man, look, look, one of the last things I did before I got out of that ring was shake his hand because the kid did good. See, and you, you wouldn't, I mean, I know you would respect and all that, but I know you would also say, hey, if something went wrong, not only would oh, you, yeah. I mean, you come back and say it, say it to me, like, hey, man, the cadence was off, he was in the way, something yeah. like that. But, he, but you, you know respect, and you did a good job on that. Absolutely. Um, so appreciate that. But tell us about the match. Um, you know, good things, bad things, you know, how'd the match go? How was the crowd? Talk about it. Oh, man, no, no bad things other than the fact that, like you said, they are tough. You know, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, you know, whew. look, we, we beat them at the end of the day. We defended our tag team championships. But, you know, make no mistake about them boys, the grimy Scots, they, they're not weak, okay? You know, if you get in a match with them, trust and believe. Be on your A game. How'd you feel, Tony? <laughs> it hurt. <laughs> <laughs> it did. It did. That hurt. That hurt. It I mean, did. I was watching. It looked like a pretty, uh, pretty snug match, if you want to call it, it that. It, it yeah. was intense. It was very intense. It was, uh, 
very back and forth. We were all hitting hard, as hard as we can. It was, it was very, very, very tough. It ended up scaring my youngest sister. I think she got a little scarred because she keep waking up. She kept waking up in the morning saying, Tony, you, you okay? You hit cage. Like she kept waking up talking about me in the cage. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I was like, oh, God. But they see, that's what it, you know, I mean, and you're both okay. You mean, you both came out, you know, a couple of bumps, a couple of bruises, but n- no serious injuries, yeah. which means there was – Never, never. That's good, which means there's four professionals mm-hmm. in there um, doing what they know how to do and doing it well, which is, which is good too because a lot of people come in from a lot of different schools, a lot of different training, a lot of different ways to train. Um, but you guys worked it out, and you guys did what was best for y'all and what was best for the crowd because the crowd was hot. Absolutely. Yep. So that's good to know. Big Ugly, you were not there at this one, but uh, I tell you what, you've been at Rage in the Cage before. You know the intensity. You know how that building fills up. Yes. Yeah. I, I wish I had a cane. Um, I, I don't think – I don't know if you told me about it, but, yeah. I'm sure I did because I promoted it on this very podcast. But, yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. I'll, I'll tell you, you know, because the next one is on March 5th, and that's on Saturday, and that's in Bel Air at the Armory, you know, the big castle in Bel Air when you go down Main Street. There you go. Um, and I'm sure Black Magic is going to be represented in some form or fashion there. There you go. You and, uh, yeah, that's right. EWAProWrestling.com. EWA Pro Wrestling on Facebook. I'm sure they got a Twitter and an Instagram. I'm sure they're, they're pushing it out everywhere. But, uh, you know, you, you call Big Jim and he'll give you tickets. He'll, he knows there what's going go. on. There you go. <laughs> Big Jim. <laughs> The Superman. But, um, yeah, we, we, got, uh, we got the three-minute warning here. So I want to make sure that uh, what we're going to do is, again, Dirty Ugly Podcast listeners, do not go away. Do not turn this podcast off because we are going to have – this is big enough for two segments right here of uh, Black Magic. So before we do that, while, while we got a couple of seconds, I want to get – I want to get a 30-second promo from Tony. I'm going to put you on the spot. What is gonna, I'm putting you on the spot. What are you going to do on March 5th in Bel Air? March 5th in Bel Air, <laughs> I'm kicking someone's chest straight in. We got A.K. Willis and who? Uh, Jordan, no, Jason Andrews. <laughs> I don't even care. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. We've been defending our belts for how long now? We think, you think we're going to just let it go to anybody? No. We're going to continue to carry those belts. We're going to continue to be EWA's long only tag team champions. You know how serious those belts are to us. We took them over to Florida, defended those belts, and still kept them. We've defended them anywhere. You know, you know the only person to defend those belts, no, to defend a title outside of Maryland with an EWA championship was Adam Cole, and we're the second ones to do it. But the only thing is we're holding our titles way longer, and it's just another team and a road path to our success. We're at the top, but we still hungry. That's what I'm talking about. Mason, 30 seconds. What do you say about March 5th in Bel Air, Maryland, EWA Tag Team Championships? Okay, well, you already see I'm holding the gym right here. 460, either one or two. I've been counting trust and belief all day, every day. Here's the thing. Me and Matt, all the time, we give the beatings out. Guess what? 110%. We put in the work. So come March 5th, we're going to do exactly what we always do. Win. Win, win. We won every single title defense we've been put in. We dispatched every single team. They will be no different. AK, Jason, doesn't matter. We've dispatched every other team before them, and guess what? They'll be no different. Holler at your boys. 
That's what I'm talking about. Click on the link right now, Black Magic. Go into that new link into the Facebook chat messenger. Big Ugly. We're going to take a small break, but we're going to come back with segment two. One more interview right here with the Black Magic. Do not go anywhere. And we're back on the dirty. We did it again on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Once again, my name is Dirty Mike. I'm the Big Ugly. And this is part two of our conversation with the current. EWA tag team champions who I just put on the spot to cut promos as we had time running out and they both shined because this is what happens. I love it when I put, especially Mason, the history, man, I tell you what, uh, first of all, this is black magic coming back at you. We got Tony Macko. We got Mason Walls. big ugly. You might remember this Mason. The first time we had you on back in like episodes one through 10, you were a little bit quieter. A little a bit lot, a reserved lot, with the words. Okay, I was trying lie. to be nice. Not, All right, you were look, a lot. Let's not, yeah, let's not lie to the people out I ain't there. Lying. I, was, I was just trying to. <laughs> I know. No, look, 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 man. Don't try to sugarcoat it. Don't try to, you know, look, look, look. I was a lot quieter. That's just mm-hmm. what that was. But I have a lot to talk about nowadays. A lot. I can't shut up. <laughs> well, you just take over the podcast. I mean, it's been done before. People have taken over our show. So, I mean, you know, Mason Walls. This is going to be the Mason Walls podcast. We ain't right. We ain't wrong. We're just black Yo, magic. There you go. There you go. You're learning. You're so, learning, son. <laughs> now, nah, but I want to just say that as far as the confidence has come through you, I mean, not only with your in-ring work and not only with, you know, your respect, your integrity, your personality, but, you know, it's come through with the words. And it's not like – it's disrespectful in any way. It's, you know, you're thinking about what you're saying before you're saying it, but you also have like an autopilot to where if you are put on the spot, if you, you know, have to think quickly in the ring, if you have to think quick, think quickly on the microphone, I mean, you, you shine through and you're doing it. And I just want to say I'm very proud of you for that. Oh, thank you, my guy. I mean, it, uh, it takes a lot of practice, you know, practice make perfect. And um, definitely uh, watching a lot of tape, watching a lot of tape, practicing when you can and just, you know, uh, doing the best that you can. I swear anybody can shine through as long as they're working hard. So thank you, my guy, for that. I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. And I think, uh, Tony, as far as being the perfect complement to Mason, as far as, you know, there's always – if two people on a tag team are exactly the same, then it's not yeah. going to work, you know, not going to work out. But right. Tony, Tony, you are the perfect complement to Mason. As far as what just came out of your mouth on the end of that first segment, number one, and number two, what I see in the ring. Both of you complement each other so well. So, Tony, I want to congratulate you. I've known you for a lot of years now, and you've come along, and I've seen your progression, and I hear the progression, and uh, you're also, you know, a very very respectful person in the business, so I want to congratulate you as well. Well, thank you, good sir. Thank you. (laughs) That was a little grimy Scott coming out of you right there. (laughs) I think you might have ate a little bit too much on January 15th, and then uh, you got a little left over there. (laughs) I'm sorry. That's terrible. So, Big Ugly, we got got a little deep on that last segment. Yes, we did. Um, (laughs) But that's okay because that's what we're here. Well, I was going to ask you guys, like, you know, speaking of uh, the tag team division, like, what are you guys' thoughts on – tag team wrestling these days in general? Do you feel like uh, it's mostly, you know, being shown well on the indie scene? Do you feel like there's any promotions that's really, you know, showing tag team division and good look or do you feel like it's died out? What's your thoughts on it? Um, For me, my opinion, uh, every place is different. So uh, in some places, tag teams are really, really strong. I would say more so the indies. AEW, you know, they just, you know, survive with tag teams. They got a bunch of tag teams just for having tag teams, you know, not not enough, you know, 
not enough star power with the tag teams, but, you know, they have enough of them. So I would say, like, you know, places like WWE, they don't, they don't really focus on their tag team, you know, too, too much sometimes. Like, sometimes they're forgetful of it. Uh, it's never booked right at times. Not all the time. I mean, they, they know how to book, but, you know, I can tell WWE is not really focused on tag teams. The other places in the indies, you can tell. You know, you can tell what, how everybody books their shows. Tag teams are very, very strong in the indies and, uh, like, places like AEW. In- Impact Wrestling, I would say they're strong there, too. So, yeah, yeah, you know, every place is different. Tony, how do you – I mean, now you've worked as a single before, obviously, and, and now you're, you're in a tag team, three years strong. I mean, do you prefer – being in a tag team, is it working for you? Is it gelling for you? Um, you know, is it something you might, uh, you know, w- want to go off and do singles one day? But, it, you know, how do you feel about tag team wrestling as a competitor? Tag team's fun as hell. Ain't no, ain't no easier way around it. Fun as hell. Tag team is always, like, fun. And, it, and it's that expectation that, that we always set to. So even if we happen to be in a state where they're, ta- like, for, for a promotion where, their tag team division isn't that strong or isn't that great. At least we know that, like, we have that expectation of when we go out there, by the end of that match, they will know, like, yo, this was probably the best match of the night, if not one of the funnest matches, because they've probably seen something they've never seen before. There you go. So, so tag team, tag team is, yeah, fun as hell. And there's always, there's always one thing that, like, either my family or friends – or even Mace's family or friends, when they when they see like our little tag, our, well not little but our tag moves pretty much, they they say like it's like it's it just seems so consistent and and fluid, like it's, it's damn near smoother than butter in a pan melting. <laughs> like, <laughs> I like that. Keep that. Write that down. There you go. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's definitely fun. I'm I'm not I'm not pressed for singles wrestling. Tag team is fun. And plus, if I get my ass beat, tag out. Go ahead. Get my life together. I got you. I got you for moral support. That's the truth, man. If you're one-on-one, you you ain't got nobody to tag. You know, you can can take a powder. You can go outside. You can waste people's time. You can put on a rest hold. But, nah, man, I mean, tag team wrestling is just so complimentary. Big Ugly, you did bring that up. Have you seen – you know, in the six years we've been doing this podcast almost, is it a lost art or is it kind of a hit and miss kind of thing? Um, you know, and, and do you enjoy tag team wrestling as, as much as a single Big Ugly? Yeah, so I enjoy tag team wrestling. I don't think it's a lost art. I do think it's hit or miss. Uh, and I mean, you know, for you guys, I, I mostly just watch WWE. Like, you know, everybody's trying to get me into AEW, but I, I have not started watching. We're trying, I don't man. I have cable, so I just watch on Hulu and they just <laughs> So anyway. <laughs> But uh, right, real quick, wait, real quick. All right, this this is like the probably the one selling point I'll probably have, right? <laughs> having your intelligence played with, you would start looking at AEW. That's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> I, I need I need to watch. I need to make an effort to to watch it. Um, I mean, they got AEW Dark and AEW Dark Evolution on YouTube. So I mean, if you got an internet channel, you got You got to check that stuff out. It's less storyline, but more more matches. Um, but I mean, still, it, the quality of in ring product, especially you see. A lot of tag teams, you know, whether they're formulated or put together, but you do see a lot of congeal tag teams that are kind of together doing their tag team thing. Um, so you'll get you'll get a good out of it, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, look, you you can definitely you can definitely spend about ten to fifteen minutes watching AEW Dark on YouTube. They uh to me, uh AEW 
focuses on pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. WWE focuses on sports entertainment. They are wrestling, but they're sports entertainment. Mm-hmm. AEW is entertainment, but they are pro wrestling. So when I yeah. so for Black Magic, if you guys are thinking about moving on, you know, where 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 would you see yourself? Is AEW like the landing spot for you guys, or do you look to still look to WWE? Like how how's that work for you guys? Mason, I got it. I got it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it's, one, it's definitely one of those things where you know, beggars can't be choosers. We 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 damn sure at the moment like we're not pressed to like wrestle for the WWE. AEW's cool. Impact's cool. Um, anybody that's willing to like sign us, we we will go. Hell, if if a company wants to pay my car note, I do not mind. <laughs> Even if that means like if we got to if we got to roll out and head to head to New Japan or or Noah Pro, like we're willing. There's no limits to where we can't go. So you know, if anybody like if they if a company sees value in us and feel like they can make money off us and in return give us some bread too and we're we're all for it and especially like WWE be playing games and it's like if we if we had nothing better to do I'm like oh we're just gonna go to WWE and get the check and once you once you make that decision then I feel like it turns into I'm not in it for the passing where it's just a job right. and I hear from people that do wrestle there where their passion, something that was their dream job. And of course your job, you want it to be your dream, but then it just becomes a job. Then it's like, damn, do I even want that anymore? (laughs) At the the end of the day with like, like us trying to get signed, we we don't like our jobs at all that we do. So of course we'd love to get signed doing something we love to do. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was nice and on point. Like, I, I, I don't like the job that I do. Like, well, I mean, a lot of people don't like the jobs like, that they there's do. There's a lot of WWE wrestlers that want to jump ship to go to AEW, you know, right. because they can reclaim that passion that they have for the business. So, Yeah, we were kind of talking about that offline, Mason, uh, before you joined us, just kind of how the WWE has let go so many people. And yeah. they – they're, they're pull, pushing their legends and whatever they're doing. But, you know, you still got a lot of people just sitting in the back, making a paycheck, but not doing anything. Um, yeah. You know, it's – I don't know how fulfilling that can actually be. But uh, you guys, I don't think you guys are happy sitting in the back, you know, whether you're taking a check or not. I think you guys need to – You, if I'm right, I hope I'm right. You know, just you, you guys want to work. You guys want to be out there. You want to be active. For, you know, for me, and I mean, I know Tony will agree um, – we didn't get into this to sit in the back. We didn't pay all this money to train, to put our bodies through all of this pain, these matches, the, you know, everything that we do to sit in the back. No. Yeah. That's no, <laughs> there's, there's no way. There's no way. There's no way. So, <laughs> I, bro, I had to just like, think about that. Right, right, right. That that face no. belongs on a t-shirt too. Matter of fact, there you go. Fact, to, even, to even add on to it too, even once um when uh when Mace started before me, we were in the same like training class. Once he started and he had his tag partner, I was like, Well damn, what am I doing? Uh uh-uh, uh, let me hurry, let me hurry up and get on these P's and Q's. What's up? We we doing practice matches, let me get like two of them. <laughs> What's going on? Like, come on, let let, let me get the ball rolling. Mm, I, I wanna start with them too. So I, I didn't think you thought that. I never thought. Yeah. I didn't think you thought that. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> oh, I never knew that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was trying to hurry up and catch up with y'all. I was like, shoot, 
Big That's ugly alert. You're stirring up black magic today. I love it. <laughs> You're stirring That's up black mean. magic today. That's You're getting them rowdy. <laughs> Dude, so, so, I mean, you know, obviously, I would love to see you guys in something like AEW. I mean, you know, because the door is always open. The talent pool is always there. Um, you know, if NXT came knocking or if a performance center, if a tryout, you know, take a shot. You know, we you never going. know. Anybody come knocking, we're going. Well, let's uh, – Let's go down the list. I mean, and I'm, I'm going to bring up a couple of them, but I know I'm going to let you guys talk about well, it specifically the one. Real quick, Mike. Go ahead. What is the process these days for, you know, getting signed? Like, you know, back in the day, people used to send in their tapes. Like, how the VHS. Do, yeah. How do, you know, they, you know, wrestlers of this Right age, there, baby. Just, you know, scouts, like, looking at video on, online and seeing the content. Like, how do you guys get out there these days? Good question. Resumes, resumes, um, more so, yeah, besides that. Um, like handwritten, like uh, typed up resumes? No. Are you talking about like a video e submission? Email, emails, promo pictures, um, okay. promo videos. Um, the more, you know, a lot of people, some people that get like super over in the indies and like their stuff is shared everywhere. That's mm -hmm. like social media. Yeah. That. Yeah. But on top of that too, sometimes like, it's who you know as well. If you're if you're good in with somebody, they can like finesse you into somewhere. Yeah, always, always, I, always yeah, who you know. I've learned every, every a year. lot of that with wrestling too. More, more, more in reality. It's not like oh, if you work hard, you'll get what you need. No, sometimes on who you know. <laughs> Unfortunately, in wrestling, it, it's a it's a bit of who you know. <laughs> a lot of that actually. Yeah, I mean that that's fair. I mean, I, I mean that's not. I mean, it's unfair, but I'm just saying it's understandable. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. It's uh, but you know, how do you guys buck that system? You know, how do you guys overcome? Like, you know, how does how do you get Black Magic out there? And you know, you, I know you guys are making a lot of contacts. I've been talking to you guys about this at the last show. Like, anytime you take a phone number, you take a text message, you take an email, you you get on a list, man. You just keep at the top of everybody else's mind. How does Black Magic separate themselves? Hmm. What do you think? That's the last one. You got it. <laughs> Come on, Tony. You can't, but you both of you got to notice. I, it ain't a question that I know oh, yeah. the answer to. I'm just saying I want it to happen. All right. Um. Um. I, I'm trying to understand the question because I want to answer correctly. That's how do I you? Mean. How does Black Magic separate themselves from anybody else that's out there doing resumes, doing YouTube videos, having people record their matches? How? How do you separate yourself? How do you show? I think he's like, anybody say makes Black Magic special as a tag team. That's that's kind of that's what I'm saying, man. I mean, I don't know if I'm saying it right, but that's what I'm doing. No, I, I, I think you're saying it right. I just want to make sure I have the right answer. You, know you got the right answer. All right, I got uh, it. I, 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 oh wait, I, Tony's I, got it. Tony's got it. I'll take the request back. Okay. All right. So, um, I feel like from tag teams, right? A lot of tag teams, either they don't have the greatest of communication skills with each other, personally. Which down pack, we got that. Um, a lot of them argue too. We don't even argue. <laughs> nah. yeah, or no, yeah. Like fair. Um, as well too, we have a number of tag moves that not a lot of people like not a lot of tag teams have more than ten tag moves. We have like almost thirty, I feel like. Yeah. Like suppose we even forgot we had until <laughs> we go back and reroll footage. And another thing, we don't look normal. Like this big ass afro. 
it's a little thin in the front. We're not gonna talk about that, but you know, it's <laughs> it's 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 like we we definitely do like stand out from a regular crowd. Even we we've been told this too, like where um some people have saw us and they they see us in our gear and how we look and they they just like man we y'all look like y'all can go. Mm-hmm. You know, we we just have that look and approach as well. So, I think in the past three years, you guys have gelled together. I mean, yeah, if, if I just walk into a building and I didn't know you two and I just kind of saw y'all, because if you're out in front of an audience, you are on. Like, you know, you, you guys, you? Hold on, you guys are switched on. What? Uh-oh. Tiger, why? <laughs> no, no, don't come in here. Why? Stop he's, it. Cu- he's cutting a promo on a dog right now. <laughs> <laughs> he's barking. There's no one here. Like, what are you doing? What, what I was... Uh, <laughs> What I, what I was meaning is like if I if I didn't know you guys and I came into the building say raging a cage uh, and I saw you guys like if you guys are out in front of the crowd whether you're in the ring outside the ring out at the merch table whatever it is you guys are on you guys look like you you know you know each other you got chemistry and that chemistry is verbal and nonverbal that chemistry is physical and non-physical and you know it takes time to do that but like you say a lot of other tag teams either they're just thrown together or they've been together for so long that there's no spark you guys yeah. do, you guys do spark i, I do yeah. see that yeah the spark the spark uh the spark started in 2019 never never went away never went yeah. out yeah. I, it's only shining harder yep uh, excuse my funk sorry, but we enjoy fucking people up. <laughs> oh, 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 there we go. That's the F-bomb right there. All right. I almost teased it the other time, but you got it. It's <laughs> all right. Well, look, this is how this is how we're going to do. We're going to use some wrestling talk here because, we're you know, we go behind the curtain. We're going we're gonna, to we hit, we hit the heat. Now we're going to take it home. All right. This is going to be – we're leading up to the finish. And Black Magic is getting over because that's the way it should be. So, <laughs> I want to I wanna, – this is how we're going to find – you know, we're going we're gonna to end it with all your socials. But I want to just talk about there's Elite Pro Wrestling Alliance. There's Summit Wrestling Association. There there's go. EWA Pro Wrestling. Yep. And, Mason, I know the first time we talked about getting you all back on in February, you want to talk about this, the NWA. The National Wrestling Alliance. I want you to tell that story because that's how we're going to end this podcast. Man, um, so NWA, January eighth in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, we work with um, you know, our trainer, the Pope Elijah Burke. So we we uh do an annual um event called, uh for a uh, charity called the Love Alive Charity. So. Every year we do a drive outside of uh, Burger King where we uh, feed and clothe the homeless of uh, Jacksonville, Florida. So we do it every year and we're outside for about like two, you know, two hours just serving everything that we have from food to drinks to hats to gloves to scarves and anything else that they need out there in the cold, uh, the cold in January. It, uh, even though it's Jacksonville, well, Florida. Jacksonville, Jacksonville cold. Yeah, okay. yeah, absolutely. 50 or 60 degrees, I feel you. Yeah, man. So, you know, that that was uh, it was very, very special, you know, and um, it, it was all coming together. Like this is the first time that uh, the NWA uh, was participating in this event. So it, it just, you know, it all it all came to be um, kind of out of nowhere. Right, Tony? Like, what would you say? Like, yeah. kind of out of nowhere yeah. because, you know, it, it, we didn't know we didn't know this was going to happen. It kind of like, you know, got dropped to us that, hey, look this next event is going to feature the NWA. So you guys are possibly going to be wrestling for the NWA. We're like, whoa, oh, all right. 
you know, right. we, were, we were already coming to do the event anyway because we do it every year. But right. this one right here, once it got dropped, we were there. Had to be there. So mm -hmm. January 8th, we had gotten our chance. We were in the triple threat tag team match versus uh, the Russell Twins for the uh, Love Alive Charity Tag Team Championships that we used to have with the former champs. We were fighting for our gold. And we were fighting against the Russell Twins and uh, uh, NWA's tag team, The End. So it was a very fun match, hard hitting. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't get the job done, but we had a lot of fun and we got to do it in front of the Jacksonville crowd and under the NWA banner. It was fantastic. That's dope. That that is fantastic. I mean, that is that, there's so much history right there. Uh, National Wrestling Alliance. I mean, it goes back longer than any of us go. And uh, the fact that they still got that banner going, and you guys got to wrestle under it, and you know, you guys did such a cool thing for the community at that point in time. It's just same time. at the um, same time. At yep. the same time. And talk about making connections. I mean, that's that's a hell of a connection. So um, I hope you guys get to go back and do more of that. And um, I'm sure that we're going to see so much more Black Magic in 2022 now that uh, the Unicron variant, or Omicron, whatever the hell it's called, and it's going away and things are going to start opening back up. And, um, you know, we're going to see so much more Black Magic. So uh, why don't you guys kind of tell us individually and together uh, where we can find Black Magic, where we can find Mason Walls, where we can find Tony Macko on social media so we can follow all this great stuff that you're doing. All right. Well, I'll start. You can find me on Facebook. Type in Mason Walls. Uh, I have a Mason Walls fan page as well. So if you type uh, in Mason Walls, you'll see both those pages come up. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Mason Walls 90 on uh, Instagram at uh, Mason underscore Walls 910 and on uh, IG Black Magic 9093 on IG. All right, Tony. All right. So <laughs> I can pull up all my socials. <laughs> all right. So Facebook, it's my full name, Tony McMillan. Uh, my Instagram is Tony underscore Mako 100 and Twitter. It's Tony MCM 100. And I believe all three have, they all have the same picture. So it's not hard to tell which one. <laughs> <laughs> now, nah, and that's, that's good for branding and marketing and, and all that kind of stuff. You know, I, this as far as the pictures go and get everything shared, you know, you go to black magic, you go to Tony, uh, Mako, Mason walls, like them subscribe to them, follow them, comment on them, and make sure to show up anytime, you know, because anytime they got a match, they're promoting it. Anytime you got a show, they're promoting the show. And they're also, uh, what you can also do, and I know you guys do it, is put the word out there for other organizations that you'd like to work for and that, you you know, you, you advertise them, you hashtag them, you know that they're going to see it and they'd be like, these people are working for us even though they're not working for us yet. So, um you know, I know you guys know about setting up chairs, taking down a ring, all that kind of stuff. Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, keep working hard. Keep doing black magic. And Big Ugly, what, uh, what closing words do you have for this monster tag team? Uh, yeah, man. I mean, I congratulations to all the success. Like, I'm rooting for you guys. You guys are doing absolutely great. Um, and I can't wait to see you guys in March. I appreciate it. Thank you. And once yep. again, that's right. March 5th at the Bel Air Armory. EWA Pro Wrestling on Facebook. Check it out. There's a phone number for tickets, Jim Christian. And then also check out all these other things on their social media that they're doing. I want to thank Mason Walls. I want to thank Tony Macko. I want to thank Black Magic is what I want to thank right there for joining us on episode 103 
I can't believe it, of the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. And either this is going to be at the end of the show, so we're going to do it anyway. Um, but it could be in the middle, so if we got more podcasts, listen to it. But anyway, three, two, one, deuces. <laughs>